Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 7 of our wrestling podcast. So without further ado, the following contest is scheduled for one fall, and today's topic, the legacy of the ultimate yeah. warrior. Yeah. Oh my god, you watch wrestling? Yeah, so? Hey, I hate to be the one to tell you this, but... Wrestling is fake. Yeah, so? Think about it. If you look really closely, they're not even throwing real punches. I know. I still like it. Hey, guys. Whoa. You still watch wrestling? Yes. Right. It really breaks my heart to have to be the one to tell you this. But wrestling is fake. I know. Like, it's just a bunch of guys running around with no pants on, fighting over a belt. I know. I don't care. I still find it entertaining. God. Oh my god, what's all this noise? Right, you're really watching wrestling? Yes. I have some terrible news for you. You know wrestling is fake. Damn it, I know. I mean, think about it. The ultimate warrior really isn't a warrior. And the rock isn't really a rock. No I know it's fake. I like to see them fight. I like to see the drama. I like the soap opera of it all. And I don't have to justify myself to you. But it's fake! Oh, I'll show you how fake it is. Welcome to the OWP. This is our wrestling podcast. This is Dave along with Jess. Okay. And cuz. Okay. <laughs> Bringing you our perspective on the world of professional wrestling. No inside sources, no ties to the industry, just stories from the diehards sharing opinions with you. And now on to our topic today, the legacy of the Ultimate Warrior. Before we get started, guys, oh, the snort is real. But before we start, as always, you can reach us via Instagram at OWP19, SoundCloud at Our Wrestling Podcast, YouTube at Our Wrestling Channel, or you can download WrestlePost. It's an app at no charge to you. You can uh, download that on Apple or Android and join us along with other great podcasts of the day. All right. We got that out of the way, guys. So let's talk about it real quick. The Legacy of the Warrior. Any opening remarks before we get into the man that is Mr. Hellwig? Go ahead, Kaz. I know you want to. Oh, no, you do. Know. <laughs> I mean, what can you say? Greatest of all time? Better than Hogan? No, I'm just I, hope, uh, I hope you have an hour's worth to say. What can you say? <laughs> all right, well, bye, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Bye-bye. Greatest of all time. Go. Greatest face paint in wrestling. <laughs> the end. No, greatest I mean, face he's paint, the, maybe. Maybe. I, 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 would actually, I would actually say that, yeah. I, uh, great, greatest uh, face paint in wrestling, I would say. Most iconic, for sure. Um, You'll never forget it. Th- exactly. Um, mm-hmm. the guy that got me into pro wrestling. I was actually, it's funny because mm-hmm. I was actually thinking it over uh, about that, about how I got into him. And I couldn't remember. All I remember, like I said in episode one, was, uh, you know, going to your house, Jess, and watching him run down. Like, I only remember that. I know it wasn't WrestleMania, but I want to say it may have been, you may have been watching Wrestling Challenge, but I can't remember because I know, I think it was 1989. I think it was the year before we moved out to Lake Elsinore because I, I remember vividly as far as, uh, in Lake Else, you know, when I moved out there and you came over 
and you specific you knew already that the warrior was my favorite after the first time i went to your house and saw wrestling on tv the first thing like i said in episode one of our podcast was the the thing that i remember was ultimate warrior running down to the ring i don't remember exactly after that i just remember him running out of the ring shaking the ropes getting into the ring and I remember being really fascinated with the Ultimate Warrior. He just drew you in. He had the charisma, the the, the face paint. You know, he had the the action figure body, um, and he he could draw you in, regardless if you're a wrestling or fan or not. I can I can see that now. You know, in hindsight, looking back, that even if I wasn't a wrestling fan, I'd be like that guy. That that guy's got my attention right now. That guy's his music's badass. I mean, I remember being in high school. Uh, this guy walking around totally looked like some kid from the '80s, but you know, it wasn't the '80s. It was in 2000s, early 2000s. Guy with a muscle shirt on, uh, gym shorts, walking around with a big ass boombox on his shoulder, blasting the Ultimate Warrior theme song in high school, just outside on the you know on the campus. Uh, but what I remember as far as uh, really finding out who the Warrior was was when you brought over WrestleMania Four and he fought Hercules. And I remember mm. even I remember specifically like as a kid asking, "Does he win?" And you're like, "Oh, just find out." And then you know, of course, he won. But, you know, as far as uh, what got me into wrestling, that that's who drew me. Uh, also, the Macho Man. I can say the Macho Man. And I could I could say Hulk Hogan, too, because that's who, you know, those were the three main guys that were on TV as far as wrestling mm-hmm. goes. Yeah, so, in your childhood, you, for sure, right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I, I, I remember all three of those guys. But, you know, the Warrior is the guy that got me in there. He's, he's the guy that, you know, that got me drawn into wrestling. Yeah. And that's what made me a fan ever since. So, you know, I well, mean, you obviously go. we're going to go on and on about it. But, you know. Sure. I have to open up. Yeah, with, we're, and and it's again. interesting you talk about Hercules. We're going to get into that. I think there's some <laughs> great visuals there. We'll talk about that. Uh, Jess, anything you want to add before we get into that bio? I was on the opposite side of the Warrior fence because I was such a massive Hulk Hogan fan. Um, when he was coming up, I was fine with him. I, I, again, he was another one of Vince's cartoon characters. And what better cartoon character than a guy with face paint and shakes the ropes and runs down to the ring. Doesn't and- walk, runs. His music right away was, you know, probably like caught everybody's attention. Just got everybody like bobbing their head. It was just such a uh, very iconic tune. Still is to this day. Um, I don't know what was wrong with the guy that was listening to the boombox outside because it's high school, but whatever. I and mean, yeah, whatever. He knew talent when he spoke. saw it. That's what. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Sure. Like Brock Lesnar listening to the briefcase the other uh, day. I there still you go. Find that hilarious, he, bro. He was playing the Ultimate Warrior theme song. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, somebody should splice the Warriors theme song into that. But. <laughs> they already So I, I, I didn't have a problem with them. And, and you know, I, I when he won his first Intercontinental Championship, I thought, you know, again, like it, he fit Vince's programming. It worked perfect. It, he was a larger than life character. Sure. Um, it was, I think it's everything that Vince wanted, really, when you look at it, when he looks for someone. And, uh, but I was a Hulk Hogan guy. So, of course, when Warrior won the title, which we'll also get into, and defeated Hulk Hogan. Um, I was very anti-warrior. Again, I knew at that point, I mean, I think I was in, uh, I want to say it was in eighth grade when the warrior beat Hogan. So I knew wrestling was fake, but we still really played like it was real. And, you know, I fought with Joe and Craig and Dave all the time about our favorites and everything. It was just, we all got it. We got super into it because like there was no internet. There was no, we didn't get any dirt sheets or anything like that. We just read, read like kayfabe magazines, like pro wrestling illustrated and the wrestler and stuff like that so we kind of kept uh, you know prized of behind the scenes stuff even though we learned later that that was all kayfabe as well but um but it was just more of a you lose yourself and and so the warrior was a massive part of that and uh whether i liked him or not and it didn't matter you know people responded to the ultimate warrior and and uh here we go into the legacy of the ultimate warrior yeah 
<clears throat> Absolutely. Um, and by the way, before we get started, you know they already spliced at least Brass Monkey into that that ghetto box yeah, I've, track. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen <laughs> that. Oh, it's for for Brock Lesnar. And if you haven't seen that, guys, just find any social media account. You'll find it right away. It's it it's uh, perfect. That's all I got to say. Go it's Brock. absolutely perfect. Brock Lesnar, baby. Yeah. How about Brock holding like a boombox? Good for him. Fucking great. Doing something different. Doing something different. Reinventing himself. <laughs> God damn it. No, I'm just kidding. God damn it. Having with, a good time with his millions upon millions of dollars. He's just, yeah. <laughs> just as versatile as Jericho, reinventing himself. Just <laughs> as versatile. All he had to do was get a spray tan and the boombox. He's good to sure go. There you go. All oh, right, God. baby. Goddamn. Go ahead. Say something stupid. <laughs> say All something right. Stupid. So, The Warrior, we have Jim Helwig. Uh, you know, I, I kind of put this in here because it was very interesting in the beginning of his bio. Um, G- Jim Helwig lived to be 54 years old. And the men in his family only seem to live in their fifties. Um, so it seems to be a lot of genetic stuff going on there, yeah. where he was able to uh, not not live as long as the majority of people out there. Uh, he started out as a professional bodybuilder with well, aspirations. I, yeah. I, I'm sure pumping himself full of God knows what. Shit yeah, didn't help either. Yeah, I mean, right. I guess that's that's true, Even though he's <laughs> widely regarded as like a very healthy eater, like no kidding. Yeah, there's there's stories of him when you know Vince would have catering behind the state, you know, behind the scenes of whatever, whether it was TV tapings or whatever, and Warrior would you know eat super clean, and then uh, he would go over to uh, I don't remember who told the story, but he would grab a like a, cho- a chocolate chip cookie, and from the dessert tray and pick it up and crumble it in his hands and. Like sniff it and just take it in that way, and people were. He would tell people that that's how I taste it because it's it's bad for me. I don't want any of that processed sugar or shit in my body. And then he would just throw in the trash can after he crumbled. <laughs> no way. Yeah, he really? would seriously sniff it. Hardcore like on that. To get, to get like a taste of it or like a, a sniff of it in, but he would never eat it. Like that's what he would. That was his treat. That's amazing. That's why he was that's snorting all the time. Amazing. He had some fucking crumbs of cookie stuck in his nose. Hey, got stuck. It's it's kind of it's kind of funny because he started out as a professional bodybuilder. That's not the funny part, but he had aspirations to be a chiropractor of all people. If you saw the warrior coming in to adjust you, would you just be scared to death? (laughs) Probably break everyone's neck. He's like, son of a bitch. Let's go. Uh, He actually, as a bodybuilder, he was in Georgia. He actually won the 1984 NPC Mr. Georgia crown for bodybuilding. And he continued to work out, obviously, trying to get on that major circuit. And about a year later, he kind of let that go because he was asked to join uh, in with another set of bodybuilders to form. They called it a wrestling team. I don't know if you call it a wrestling faction, but they call it a team, I guess. And that's where he met Steve Borden, better known as who? Sting. Sting. Yeah. Yep, that's it. Uh, they actually wrestled under the CWA with a good friend of uh, some some podcasts out there, Mr. Jerry Jarrett, right? A little huh out there, dad of dad of Jeff Jarrett, and they wrestled as the Freedom Fighters to start. Uh, they were total baby faces at first until they ran into the likes of the Rock and Roll Express and the Fabulous Ones, and that actually obviously turns them into a heel team uh, if you're going to face those guys. So. Um, they moved on to Mid South. They became the Blade Runners, which I think is one of the coolest uh, tag team names yeah, I ever. Like that I, name. wish it, I wish it would have lasted longer. Until he obviously bailed on that. He, uh, you know, they. It's, it's kind of interesting because uh, Road Warrior Hawk said this was a foil of the Road Warriors when you called the Blade Runners. Uh, but you know, parody. and then we get into the whole <laughs> warrior conversation and how many warriors are out there, right? So, um, so, but he he. Uh, kind of bails he doesn't kind of he does bail on seat on, on sorry on um 
on Mid South, and he gets he moves on to WCCW, and he takes on the name of the Dingo Warrior. Um, he was doing mostly heel work until he started working with their champion. Does anybody know who their champion was? Pop Quiz. I think you surprised me with this one. Yeah, it was kind of interesting. Think you know it, Cuz? No. It's someone he's wrestled numerous times. I said one of the Von Erics, but it wasn't Von Eric, right? Pretty much common at that yeah. time. Do, 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 do. Sorry. No, can't remember. Uh, it was actually Rick Rude, of all people. Rick Rude, bro. Pretty, pretty crazy, right? So, yeah, he must have been their champion that everybody chased because he was definitely right. he was a major heel there. And he was actually uh, not him, but uh, the Dingo Warrior was managed by Percy Pringle, better known as another pop quiz. Who was that? You guys know that one? Super easy. Suck my fat cock. Yeah, that's right, Mr. Paul Bear. There you go. And and speaking of the tag titles. Uh, he actually won. I'm sorry. Speaking of the Von Erichs, he actually uh, won the tag titles with Lance Von Erich, and later beat Bob Bradley for their heavyweight title. It's kind of interesting because after he wins that title, just a few months later, he vacates it, leaves, comes back, leaves again. Uh, the question is, what the f? And where did he go? And you guys know where he went at this point? It's on to the big dance. He's on to um, the WWF. Florida Championship Wrestling. No, you Fuck. wish. Right. Yeah. You talking about yeah, him going nope. to the W, the WWE? Can't say WWF no. no more, guys. Oh Jesus! Well, when they pay me the big bucks, I'll fucking not say yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> Until wanna, then, I'm going to say WWF. You want a fork or yeah, some WWF? Yeah. So you know, and that, that's so that's where WWF comes into play, uh, and it, it comes up in conversation. Hey, um, hey, Mister Warrior, you know whatever you want to call yourself. Listen, pal. There's a ton of warriors out there. What the hell is a dingo warrior? What do you what? <laughs> what is a dingo warrior? Besides uh, the dumbest thing I've ever heard of, what's that, a dingo? Warrior? Yeah, that yeah, it's so stupid. <laughs> That's where if you want to do Vincent Man googling on a throwback, that would be the question. What the hell is a dingo warrior? No, <laughs> probably nobody would get that now. What is a dingo? Um, it's kind of. I know this is probably just sure for me to say. But it kind of—that's like the the difference between what Vince was doing, and what other people were doing. Nobody stopped him and said the Dingle Warrior doesn't even roll off the tongue. It sounds it, dumb. But yeah. he gets WWF, and right away, the greatest promoter of all times. Like, can we can we fucking shelf that shit? Like, what the <laughs> fuck is a Dingle Warrior? Like, basically, you know, it's like, come on. I mean, that's the basic it, difference from everybody what, else in Vince. What, wasn't there? Do you do you know? Do you remember a story? Because I know um, if you if you just look up his biography or whatever, it says something like he. Uh, the reason he called himself a dingo warrior, like they don't have much of an explanation. Like if you look online yeah. right now, but I, I could have sworn there was a story of someone saying why the dingo came into play. Do you know, Jess? Do you remember? I don't. I don't remember that. Yeah, I don't. I know there was a story I heard a long time but it's ago. Just in general, just the sound of it, like dingo yeah. warrior. Even if it's the best memory ever, like my father passed away and he used to call <laughs> me his little dingo. Like I mean, even if it's that touching, which I, I'm just I mean, making that story up. Does it, like a dingo sure. warrior sounds absolutely stupid. <laughs> Doesn't it make sense that, ladies and gentlemen, the Dingo Warrior? Like, it's just, like, it, it, it yeah. is. Yeah. Well, and and this is where it comes in. Like they said, hey, there's the there's the World Warriors out there. There's the modern day Warrior, Carrie yeah. Eric. There's a lot of yeah, Warriors yeah. out there. So what are you going to do? And this is it's speculation as to who comes up with the term Ultimate. But um, Hellwig claims that fame to himself, obviously, to call himself, well, I'm the Ultimate Warrior, and that's it. 
I can see it. <laughs> 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 oh, God, you nailed it right on the head. God damn it. I actually wouldn't be surprised, though, if he was that, you know, into himself that much to where he said that, though. So I, I wouldn't he put mi- it past him. He might have. He might have. It's kind of a good idea. It's a good name. Yeah. I mean, it's a good Very idea. That you passed right but anyways, he kind of gets a. You're gonna be. I'm gonna be the fucking ultimate employee. You're hired. Damn. <laughs> the the ultimate. You know what? My next job interview. That's what I'm gonna say. So what puts you above everybody else? Well, I I'm gonna be the ultimate employee. Employee. I'm gonna be the ultimate employee, and then oh, you're fucking hired. I'm just snort, <laughs> fucking coke off the desk. Let me show you the fryer over here, and here's how we assemble hamburgers. <laughs> I'm the ultimate fryer. <laughs> <laughs> so the big thing all right, is, all right. So real quick, I'm going to touch on this yeah. because it's sure. This is going to fucking drag forever. There was a there's a legend of a gentleman named Tom McGee, and um and it's it's on the network, but yep. it was a le- it was a legend long before that. Um, that was this guy who was a very accomplished athlete. Long story short, and he had a great look and he was muscular. And Vince McMahon, as early as 1986, was looking to replace Hulk. Because Vince McMahon, I have a fucking vision, and we're going further in the future. And so he wanted to. He wanted Hulk after Hulk petered out. Whenever that in '86, Hulk Hogan was fucking like white hot. Like he was the fucking biggest wrestler in Brother. the world in 1986. The, the world. And Vince was still like, I want to find someone else. I'm finding your fucking replacement. Whatever that is, you fuck you. Like he was just always like after. So. He actually found this guy named Tom McGee that people turned him on to because he wrestled up in Canada. And uh, long story short, he that was the slot that the warrior ended up getting because Tom McGee ended up being a sack of shit in the ring, even though he was an amazing athlete. Uh, again, go on the network and see the the tryout match that yeah. he had with Bret Hart. Yep. And Bret Hart made it look like a million dollars because Bret Hart's a really talented fucking wrestler. Amazing. And, uh, and so Vince was like, oh, and Vince was heard walking around gorilla position going, this is my next champion. Because it always bothered Vince, and this sounds funny, but it's a fact. It always bothered Vince that Hulk was balding. So he loved <laughs> everything about Hulk, but he does, he fucking hated it. He hated that Hulk, he would always tell Hulk, like, when he was, like, trying to keep Hulk Hulk in check, if Hulk got a big head or whatever, was walking around the locker room all swole, like he, his shit didn't stink, Vince would always be like, Terry, put your bandana on. Like, I don't want to see that on interviews, I want a bandana like that's that's why Hulk started wearing a bandana in like 89 90 91 because Vince was writing his ass for years like you cover your bald spot they just it's the truth it's the way Vince would always like you know when you have a manager that always kind of tries to keep you in check that's the way Vince wanted to kind of bully Hulk it's like Hulk was fucking Hulk you know so he had a presence wherever he went so Vince would always keep him in check so Vince was legitly saying out loud to Hulk I'm going to find your replacement he would always say that to Hulk and Hulk even wrote this in his book and Hulk lies a lot but I believe that because you, you hear other stories about yeah Vince would go around always trying to look for Hulk's replacement because he knew that Hulk would eventually die out when everything dies out every fad Comes, peaks, and then falls down. So this guy named Tom McGee was the next guy. Vince found out quickly that Tom McGee wasn't going to be that guy. So when they signed the Warrior in 87, the Warrior slid into that spot. That's a true story. Yeah. it's uh, Tom Tom McGee is one of those missing pieces, right? It's He uh, was almost the ultimate Tom McGee. Yeah, they could have been. Could he have was been a power lifter, right? Or something like the that? Ultimate, before? It's the dingo Tom McGee. And then the, 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 no, it was the ultimate McGee. That's what it was. Oh. <laughs> that's that's right now so anyway uh 
he and, and, and to that point, he gets a push right away, all the way to uh, Wrestling Challenge. He this is what Cuz was talking about, all the way to Hercules, or you can call him Hercules Hernandez. Um, Hercules was quite a specimen himself. He was a good 260, 280, somewhere in there. And I there's find, I find it interesting. Well, this is how Vince is super confident in his product. Vince has mm-hmm. always been about big guys. To put those two people together is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of. It does it, make no sense. When you either talking. one of them work in the ring, Warrior was incredibly green at this point and not. And Hercules, I don't know if it was very good. I mean, Hercules was a veteran after a while. Obviously, everybody becomes a veteran if they're in it long enough. But I mean, and I'm not trying to shit on Hercules at all. Um, but he just was a brawler. You know, he didn't really have any super, you know, talent and didn't really have like great flowing matches or whatever. But he was Hercules and he had Heenan with him as a mouthpiece. And he had a great I think, look. I think Vince thought, yeah, I want uh, I want to, you know, show the warrior strength off. They did the whole thing where Warrior broke out of Hercules is like full Nelson and stuff and blah, blah, blah. And uh, and so that's that's what they wanted to do. So confident Vince was back then. It wasn't about good matches back in the day for Vince, you know, despite how long the wrestling observer has been around or whatever. And oh, the good matches are all that matters. And that's at the time. That's what the NWA was really trying to focus on is good in-ring product, which yeah, it was I, different. I love that. But at the same time, Vince was all about like character Appreciate development. It. The, the, it was appreciated, <laughs> but it didn't work. It's not going to work. Well, it worked. It worked. Uh, it was quite a spectacle, right? When yeah. We it, it, about Hercules, so and so uh, yeah. What I, what I wanted to make sure we we got in on this one was uh, there's actually a point here where Warrior grabs a hold of Hercules' chain, and the strength of the two actually by you know obviously gimmicked up breaks the chain, which is kind of a cool visual. It's real. That may not be a strong maneuver on the part of Hercules yeah. Hernandez. Ultimate Warrior back on his feet. Yeet. Oh, my goodness. Can you believe that? The Warrior yanked that chain so hard, he broke it in two. And talk about breaks, break of the chain. Uh, a huge break for Warrior even more. Just getting a tremendous push. And this is not really a break. I, I'm pretty positive we talked about this. This is fairly planned out they say brutus beefcake was injured before his icy title run well, real quick just to go back and yeah. to, uh, catch up. but uh no his first his first notable match for uh wwf was wrestlemania 4 and uh he did defeat hercules but he wasn't part of the tournament but he did yeah. defeat hercules in that match and uh and it was a you know one of those finishes where it was a i think hercules uh uh suplexed belly to back suplexed him and then right before you know both bin shoulders were down right before the three count warrior lifted his shoulder and won so it was really just a way to show that they're both so strong anybody could win and warrior came out on top and it was just really a feud to put warrior in the public and they threw it on the pay-per-view i mean that's again vince was pushing him from the beginning to yeah. get a wrestlemania match like that young in your career is pretty pretty important well yeah. wrestlemania match and then not too far after you're looking at um at a, at a title run, which is what we're talking about at SummerSlam, and the, you know we all knew. I, I'm pretty sure we we were pretty confident that Brutus wasn't injured to that point or that extent. It was just all part of the of the, of the kayfabe moment, right? Well, Brutus is injured. Who's coming out? What's going to happen? Well, we found out about that now, but I mean, I, I sure. don't know. Then, the way they played it on TV, yeah, Outlaw Ron Bass jumped. It was supposed to be Brutus Beefcake against Honky for yes. the IC title because yeah. they, they those two fought at WrestleMania four in a boring match. So they were going to rematch, and rumor has it that Beefcake was supposed to win the IC title. Yeah. But I don't, 
the way they filmed it was on Superstars of Wrestling a, a couple of weeks before SummerSlam, Outlaw Ron Bass came out and uh, attacked Beefcake and took his spurs from his boots and raked him across Beefcake's face. And they did this thing where Beefcake bladed, but they put the big X, the censored sign over it to make it a little <laughs> bit more like, uh, oh, this is really brutal. And so they announced pretty much after that that Beefcake was injured from that, so he cannot face Honky at SummerSlam. And Honky will face an unknown opponent at SummerSlam. So, uh, you know, there was two things. It was one, Beefcake was injured in real life and had to go away for surgery or go away for rehab or whatever they had him do, and that's why they did it. Or we found, I found out recently, listening to one of the uh, uh, podcasts that Bruce Pritchard and Conrad do, um, uh, um, what happened when? They, no, sorry, what happened? Uh, um, something to wrestle with. Um, and they talked about it and Pritchard said from the start that actually Vince just changed his mind. He really decided at that point, I really want to put the rocket on the warrior and, uh, we'll stage something, uh, to keep beefcake hot and keep him in a feud with, you know, Ron Bass after. Um, so I could do either, or I could have Brutus yeah. beat honky tonk man and then feud with beef or feud with Ron Bass afterwards, or that could take beefcake out of the picture and I can insert the warrior. We find out from Bruce, if you believe Bruce, that that's actually what happened, that Beefcake was not really injured in real life. Yeah. It was just more of a storyline where Vince wanted an out. I'm, I'm sampling the Warrior, and I really want you know Beefcake's over. Who do I want? And then Vince, at the last minute, went with the Warrior, so they did the whole, you know, Beefcake can't wrestle, and Warrior gets put in. Yeah, and and uh, it's, a, it's quite a statement that Honky makes. Just bring anybody. I don't care who it is. You know, what's he doing with the spur, man? That the outlaw, not wrong to let things go out of hand when someone has stepped in his path. And right now, doing some damage on Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Basically, Honky's out there saying, just just bring anybody out. I don't care who it is. And it gets a little quiet, and then all of a sudden, the Warriors music hits, and the crowd just goes bananas i mean they are so they are so into this son of a bitch at this wonder point. why is yeah because he's a big he looks like a looks like a kid's bicycle that's why <laughs> he runs down and he has a good time yeah, he runs down right. he beats honky in 30 seconds and ends the longest reigning to this day the longest yeah. reigning intercontinental Fucking championship great. run that that's that's why you understand how big this push was because not only did he he beat honky in record time i mean it's probably been it's probably been broken since a, an icy title change but i don't know 27 seconds it may not be but what definitely has not been broken at this point was hockey Honky's run. How many days was it, Jess? Four hundred and fifty-four. I, I don't remember the days to be honest. Four, I know it was a four it was pretty close to a year and a half. Yeah, it was like a year and a half. And we know we're we're pretty confident in in our in our opinion of wrestling and what we say today. It'll in, never it'll never be broken. For a heel for a heel in WWF to be champion that long is actually a big, kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Felt like they could have done it with the Miz, but you know, different topic, different day. Well, they tried to. It's weird. Yeah, they, they to. He was capable, I think. Yeah, but yeah, but go ahead. Yeah, so, it's four hundred and fifty-four days for Hunky. Four hundred and fifty-four days. There it is. So I, I don't, and I don't believe it'll ever be broken. I would be super surprised if it did. Yeah, at this point, <clears> no. So. When they said they wanted the greatest of all time, they said, give us a honky-tonk man and Colonel Jimmy Hart. You better believe it. I'm the greatest of all time and standing beside me, the greatest manager of all time. Jimmy, you tell them what you've done for me. Go on, Colonel. Well, you know, honky, we've done everything together in the whole world. You know, when it comes to hitting records, this man has got millions of hits. When it comes to wrestling, this man is the greatest. When it comes to guitar playing, singing, and dancing, he is number one, baby. I guess you can probably say honky-tonk's the best of all time. I'm the warrior, Lord. I mean, the gorilla my soul. They're going to take over, man. 
That's what you do when you want something. You go out and get it, baby. Ultimate Warrior exploding here on the Hockey Town now. Beautiful play tackle. The bell is gone and it's officially underway. The Warrior doesn't know what to do. He's so excited. <laughs> the title definitely up for grabs here. Oh, we could get a new champion right now. We're all about soon. Right now, brother, we could get a new champion. I'm here to tell you. Flash hooks the leg. Once we once we get into this um, and this icy tire run, I mean Warrior does face a few people here and there, but it really gets it really gets hot and heavy when he's getting back to Rude, who he wrestled before in WCCW. Right? They know each other very well. Uh, they wrestle house shows all over, and eventually at WrestleMania Five, Rude gets that heel win. You guys remember how that happened? Yeah, yes, so. Bobby Heenan grabbed his leg. And, and, but the ultimate, the ultimate oh, heel pin. Fun. Yeah, this is. Awesome. But this is an important lesson for everybody. Yes. For for what went wrong with Goldberg, for what goes wrong with undefeated streaks. First of all, they yeah. never bragged that the Warrior was never pinned. The Warrior was undefeated from the second that he got in there. Yeah. Uh, all the way up until Rude beat him. I don't even think the Warrior lost by DQ or countout on house shows. I think he won every uh, time. I think Andre so, beat Andre beat him once in Italy or something. Something really? out, out of the country. Yeah, but it, I don't think it, it wasn't televised or anything. Before, but it was, it was after the IC title run, right? Uh, yeah, I think I'd so have to go back be. and I'd have to go. <laughs> yeah, back I, mean, I, I really believe that he was undefeated. So first of all, here's there's two rules. One, you don't fucking need to talk about an undefeated streak because no. when you start bragging or booking someone around an undefeated streak, you eventually have to beat them. And yeah. what what do you do at that point when you hype? It's like when you talk Where about do you something. Go? Don't draw yeah. attention to it if you don't want it to be a big deal. So so they never did that, but the Warrior was pretty much undefeated up until he lost to Root at WrestleMania 5. And mm-hmm. then that loss is important. So he didn't lose clean at all. It was total cheating yeah. on Root in its part. But that was what – this is when Vince had his fucking marbles about him, and he understood, like, I have to test this guy. Not only do – okay, everyone loved him being IC champion. That's great. That was over. But at the same time, like, I want to see what happens when he loses. Do yeah. the fans just take shit and walk away? Yeah. Or do they really want him to win it back again? And, you know, I know, Dave, you're going to march on with the story. But sure. uh, we all know what happens. But, like, that, this is so important to, like, uh, the way Goldberg was booked and the way other people with undefeated streets like Ryback or or anybody else you want to put in there. Um, yeah. Undefeated streaks. It's just – it's just <clears throat> Who? <laughs> I Who? said Oscar. <laughs> yeah, Oscar too. No, I mean it's fucking ridiculous. Like they just if you hype it up like that and someone it's it's the it's you shouldn't hype up an undefeated streak. But yeah, if you exactly. Do, even if they hyped up the warrior, uh, he's undefeated. Let's say they did that, right? This mm-hmm. loss would not fucking cost him a thing because what they did was afterwards they still kept him strong, and the plan was is he's going to beat Rude back. Like that's just what's going to happen. Yeah. So yeah. it's just all the it's the follow up and it's the execution. It, it really is. The Suplex from the outside. Look at Hina. Going back, uh, so in and this was in 1988. Andre Andre did pin him clean in Italy. It doesn't specify if it was a televised or not. And then uh, he lost uh, heel tactics to uh, Dino Bravo in uh, Montreal, uh, same year. Uh, by Dino Bravo putting his ropes or foot on the ropes, 
feet on the ropes for and leverage. That, and that all makes sense because yeah. that's, you know, I mean, Andre's not exactly from Italy, but it's close. So it's, 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 uh, a An- Andre thing. was undefeated and never slammed until Hulk did at WrestleMania three is true yeah. or false. No. Ooh. Well, he, he, he got slammed. So, he got slammed before that for sure. He's been slammed I mean, before. I'm saying oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 He was slammed before Hulk yeah. slammed. Yeah. Hulk, Hulk slammed Jay stadium after the match. Oh, like, so, yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, Andre had been beaten and been slammed before Mania 3. But that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, undefeated streets are manufactured anyway, yeah. basically. Yeah, it's like, yeah. who cares? Yeah. never won the number of matches they said he won. They inflated that. And, so, uh, I mean, like, it just depends on what time frame it wall was. Yeah. So, I mean, so, I mean, you're right. But, I mean, like, they could have easily went on WWF television. Warrior never lost ever. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're right. Like so, you didn't, you didn't have the luxury of the internet then. It's like this lesson needs to be like you, you. First of all, you should never really hype an undefeated streak. But if you do, like the way the warrior lost made total sense. Yeah, like it made complete yeah. heel tactics. Yeah, exactly. He wins the title back at SummerSlam '89 from Rude. Uh, Piper comes down and kind of distracts Rude and sets up a Piper and Rude feud. Oh yeah. So, but uh, but it was that match was so much better than the WrestleMania Five match. If you ever watched the uncut version of WrestleMania Five, there, I'm sorry, I'm I'm gonna be honest. Warrior flubbed all over the place. Oh, of course he does. Um, yeah. But the SummerSlam '89 match was so much better and so much well more well thought out and everything. I recommend that people go and watch uh, that SummerSlam '89 match with him and Rick Rude. It's it's actually a really good match. think that rude because of those matches and because of what he's done not only with warrior but with about this this is so talk about underrated i mean we all know he's good it was a test for both it was a test for the warrior and it was a test for it was a test for the warrior's character and how that would play out on tv and it was a test for rude because the heels were the workers really in WWE. that's how so, it works yeah uh he really wanted to test rude out and rude, god could rude just he could just go that boy could work man all the way up to the end you know? Both matches uh, with the Warrior um, were some of Rude's best work as a heel, and especially the rematch in SummerSlam '89. He made the Warrior look amazing. I mean, he did without Our a job. doubt. Best yeah. job. That's why when these fans today are like, "Oh, Rude should have been like five-time WWF champion," and, and <laughs> not, re- not really. Like, no. You know what? The problem is now is that everybody that people like, they want to be champion, and and you can't have that. You have to have these role players that just understand that I'm probably never going to win that many titles in my life. Like, but I'm going to get in there and do my fucking job and I'm going to, I'm going to bump and I'm going to do whatever I have to do to put these faces over. You know, mm-hmm. it's not a crime to have a face that is not as talented as the heel. Heaven forbid, you know, like, you know, I mean, or, or I don't even want to use the word talent because that's really subjective, but, or, sure. or as, as, as technically sound as the heel, the heel should be more technically sound because the baby face just needs to have the fiery comeback and get the crowd going. But the heel really is in control the entire time. He bumps hard. Sure. He does what, he, he he feeds into the heel. He feeds himself to the heel and the heels, big spots and all that stuff or the face. Sorry, the heel feeds himself to the faces, big spots and all that stuff. That's just what the, the heels job is. So, you no. know, no, no. Rick Rude should not have been world champion. How no. about that? That's what no. he gets. That's what Hennig, he got Hennig, paid Hennig, for. Champion. Uh, uh, no, there you go. No, like just learn that, that people today. And the reason why wrestling is just so far fucking off the mark is because people don't understand that people should play certain roles, and that's their job. Jake the Snake never won one title in WWF. One of the greatest one. ever, by the way. And it didn't need to. Didn't and that's 
point is you didn't fucking you hold your value or your titles when you don't have everybody. Now fucking Rey Mysterio's been world champion uh, uh, five thousand times. And, all, right, know, all right, all right, all right. Uh, fucking Finn Balor, like all everybody, right. all world right. champion. Fucking put it Jeez. on him, Dave. The crowd Jeez. likes him, Dave. This week, let's put it on him. You know what we're still talking about. You know we're still talking about the warrior, right? Yeah, warrior. I put it on his dig his casket up and put it on his casket. Oh god, do it. Oh. <laughs> have camp. the Undertaker resurrect him. Yep. Uh, oh, there you go. That, that works perfect. <laughs> so you know, briefly before we get into the, uh, the the push of all pushes, right? Warrior gets that obviously gets that title back from Feud Summertime. Yeah, I don't know if you're snorting or snoring at this point, but then he goes into like, geez, almost like a I don't want to say a year, but got a long feud with Andre. He squashed Andre all over the country. Um, some matches ending like in less than a minute. Like he would just shoulder yeah, block Andre and close him. Until he... this and I, I mean, Vince obviously was testing him. Well, I, I know why they did it. I there mean, there was a lot of times where I mean, they had a match on Saturday night's main event that was obviously longer than thirty seconds, but mm-hmm. I think Andre lost by DQ or something like that. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, in uh, Madison Square Garden house show, I think was the first time I actually on my big massive fucking satellite dish, um, I got house shows from Madison Square Garden. Like we got the the satellite dish. I want to say sometime in '89. And uh, they actually showed a Madison Square Garden card where the Warrior pinned him in 30 seconds. Yeah. Dre got introduced. He came out there. Warrior comes that out. That was happening all over the country. With this music still on. And the belt still on. Bounce off ropes. Clotheslines Andre. Clotheslines Heenan out of the ring and pins Andre with a splash in like 30 seconds. And the place goes nuts. And all that stuff. Killing it, was, it was literally squash matches all over the country. It because was just designed to, to get uh, people to go to house shows and see the warrior and Andre. That's really what it was for. Yeah. And Andre, you know, Andre couldn't work. That was the best Andre could do. Um, and that's great because it, it's just, it's just another big push for the warrior. At the end of the day. What's the, the great story of that? Just when Andre and warrior were working, I, I think it was probably before this, right? He didn't um, talk. It was a uh, warrior would bounce off the ropes. And yeah. he, warrior's <laughs> thing was he clotheslined people all the time. And uh, so he, 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 he had a spot where, you know, a lot of people did this spot with Andre because Andre was a giant, so you couldn't knock him down easy. So he would one up to Andre and clothesline Andre, and Andre would stagger like he's going to fall, but he wouldn't fall. And then Warrior bounced off the ropes again, hit him with another clothesline, same thing, same thing. So I guess a couple house shows in a row, Andre was just like, you're, you're stiffing me. You're hitting me really hard, Warrior. Like, stop doing that. And uh-huh. Warrior was like, okay, no problem. Warrior went out the next night fucking clothesline him really hard. Andre's like, I'm telling you, like, stop stiffing me. Stop hitting me hard with that clothesline. <laughs> and then uh, Warrior's like, yeah, no problem, boss. No problem. And the Warrior went out there again, and then I guess uh, Andre knew it was coming and stuck his fist out. So when Warrior went to clothesline him, he, Warrior ran right into Andre's fist and knocked himself kind of out in the ring. And Andre had to, like, you know, did the choke and pulled him in the corner and pretended like he was working the Warrior, but the Warrior was legitimately out on his feet. And he said afterward, Bobby Heenan said the next night, Warrior would walk up to the clothesline, Pink like a feather, like hit him. Like, <laughs> and so Andre kind of taught him. Like, uh, <laughs> As Andre yeah, would have said, Andre at all. Don't do that. What did you say? Bad big day. Okay. Yeah, that's why Warrior didn't understand what he said. He's like, yeah, hey, Warrior, he's all hit the, you harder. Okay. It took like three nights for the Warrior to be like, oh, he's telling me to not hit him so hard. I get <laughs> yeah. No baby oil, get out. He has eight bottles of wine before we went out there, so I couldn't tell. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. So, you know, they obviously ended that feud at Survivor Series where Warriors team takes care of uh, Andre's team. Yeah, on TV, on TV, they never really hyped Warrior and Andre that much. Like I said, there was such a gap between SummerSlam and Survivor Series and all that stuff. Like, they just did some uh, Saturday Night's Band. Purely house show show funds, bro. They're just making money. 
So it was all just house show stuff. Sure. They're just it making was, it. It was like Groom the Warrior and, you know, you get him in there with Andre and you get the the rub from Andre. It's kind of a big deal. And yeah. you just get kind of slow down and learn pacing, I think. Yeah. So so once we get into that, we get into the WWE title. Oh, sorry, WWF title run. Excuse me. Um, and we already know at this point because of. Yeah, what, let's just skip ahead. WrestleMania seven against Macho Man Randy. Stop. <laughs> stop. Stop. We got to talk about brother, it. brother, brother. So we already know that Vince was always looking for the replacement of Hogan and, and just really talked about that in great detail. So, you know, there, there's a reason for it. And then we build this up. It's not in my notes, but I should have I should have had it in my notes. There's a great, I mean, phenomenal uh, face, to, uh, you know, face to face meet in the you Royal Rumble. Include the, the Royal Rumble face off in your notes. I know. I'm 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 like, how is it not here? And I and it came up, and I'm like, how is it not here? It's over. Builds up to the goddamn. Okay. Anywho, yeah. So so eventually, if you know, you always felt like these guys were going to face off eventually. Like, what would happen if Hogan and Warrior faced off? You know, and eventually, it actually happens. Well, this is a bunch of bullshit, and I'll tell you why. Oh. Um, Because I had, like I said, I was talking about my big ass satellite dish. So we were going to get a fucking pay per view at my fucking house, and um, and so my mom and dad said, "Yes, you can get Royal Rumble 1990," and I was like, "Fuck yeah." So I was fucking so excited to finally get my first pay-per-view ever because our satellite dish was allowing it. And something happened with, I, I can't remember, uh, my mom and dad sent a payment off. They paid it every month. But, you know, now you pay shit and it's fucking instantaneous, right? Yeah, but I think the way the satellite companies worked back then, like, even when you mailed a payment or sent a payment and they got it right away, it took, like, fucking 14 days to process or some stupid shit. So I did not know this, that they wouldn't kill, cut your service but if you went to order something extra, like a pay-per-view, they wouldn't, wouldn't grant it, it to you because, yeah, they hadn't got your payment or process yet. So my mom and dad were on time paying the bill, but they paid it like seven days before, and it takes 14 days to process something stupid. So we go to get it that day and fucking decline. So I never wow. ended up – first <laughs> wrestling pay-per-view ever ended up being WrestleMania six, but it was supposed to be Royal Rumble 1990, which I would have goddamn saw the fucking face-off with Hogan and Warrior, and I didn't – See it because that does suck, man. The set like Shawn Michaels eliminated by the Warrior and Rick Martel eliminated by the Warrior. And look at this! Look at this! My God! Hulk Hogan and the Warrior. There is not a person sitting down. Everyone on his feet. Look at the eyes of the Hulkster. How fitting the first pay per view you saw, though. Hogan Warrior. That was fitting. Yeah, they did it so well. Yeah. Again, less is more. They fucking just circled each other. The fucking crowd was on their feet. They were in Orlando, Florida for that Royal Rumble. They and really just crazy. ran they ran the ropes for a few seconds and I think yeah, double clothesline each other and that was they, it. Yeah, they did a double clothesline and then other guys came out and kind of broke it up and then like uh just just for historic purposes, we should note that Hulk Hogan won that Royal Rumble. Yeah. Um yeah. very much. Yep. And uh, and he did win two in a row, so he won the next year. But anyway, we're not on the next year. We're not talking about Hulk Hogan. We're talking about <clears throat> Stone Cold three. <laughs> uh, uh, did he? No, he did. Yeah, he won three. He's fuck, still got the most. Fuck, fuck Stone Cold. Edit the this most. out. Fuck him. Edit this out. <laughs> all right, all right, all fuck right. Him. Edit. Fuck Dave. Edit this out. Fuck you, cuz. Edit this out. Dave. Fuck you. Edit <laughs> this out. Uh, yeah. Fuck uh, him. Stone Cold. So, anyway. all right. so 
because because obviously they they planned this out for I mean not not crazy long it wasn't like the uh, the Macho oh, Hogan story. I, I mean back here like there was a long time between pay per views and like Vince actually it, it's I I can't believe we're talking about the same goddamn Vince that that is around now because yeah. he does every he he still writes Raw as it's on the air that's how fucking last minute they are now but back here like they you know you only have as much time for the record as the time that you create for yourself. Huh? Isn't that a great saying? Isn't that fucking read that shit in? Um, so that's, and Vince does not do that now, but back here, he had plenty of legit time where between pay-per-views he had like three months, four months. So he had plenty of time to breathe it. They knew they wanted warrior to win the title when he won the title back from rude at SummerSlam 89. They just did. And they understood that that was happening when they put him in there with Andre, they knew like, we're, we're, you're going to, we're priming you for a title run. Hulk Hogan was leaving after WrestleMania to film uh, suburban commando. So it was, it was the perfect time. And they chose, they chose the warrior Hulk two months before he was leaving. And it was a whole thing. Like it was just, uh, it was, I believe it won an Oscar. uh, I'm pretty sure. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, I'm not. Shit. What have you done? Uh, nothing. 0.01%. It'll take me six weeks to recharge. What am I going to do for six weeks? <laughs> so, okay. um, so, yeah. So, I mean, that that they knew the Warrior a long time before was going to be World Champion. And Royal Rumble was uh, just laying the television seeds because it was going to, it was coming. It was coming like a motherfucker. I don't know what that. Yep. There you go. And we're on to that run. So finally, we we realize that uh, Warrior is slated to be the person to take the torch off of Hogan, and he beats Hogan. I'd say it's a little what a little over 20, 25 minutes of a match um, for a Hogan Warrior kind of match. It was probably it was actually very well done. Um, I'm pretty sure that this was a Pat Patterson masterpiece. If we could, yeah, this was you know. a a it was a Pat Patterson masterpiece. Yeah, and this was a masterpiece in the sense that they. They didn't think they could make a match with face versus face. Vince was very against face versus face because he didn't want to split the crowd. So uh, Pat Patterson designed it and got with Hulk and got with the Warrior, and they really laid out a really good match. And it doesn't really hold up to this day because so much of it is them fucking doing the test of strength. Where you see the famous meme uh, nowadays of where it looks like when either one <laughs> winning the test of strength, they're blowing the other guy. Um, right. like, you haven't seen those? Like those? Are- I have. I've seen them. Uh, so I mean, but I mean, like honestly, if you go back and watch it now, like there's certain spots that still hold up really well. But the whole match doesn't because it all played off the crowd energy. They knew going into it that the crowd's going to be fucking bonkers and split. So let's yeah. play to it, and they did it perfect. Test of strength, fucking what? Blah. So boring now. Bear hug. So boring. boring. It was just cheer after cheer after cheer. Yeah, but they laid it out so nice. It worked perfectly. <laughs> Ironically, though. But I'm going to bring everybody down a little bit. Uh-huh. That actually buy rate did not do as well as they thought. Um, Macho Man and Hulk Hogan the year before WrestleMania five, like blew the doors off the buy rate for that pay-per-view and pay-per-view is still in its major infancy at that point. But Hulk and Savage on closed circuit televisions and the pay-per-view that was available, like really got a massive buy rate. That feud was huge. And uh, WrestleMania five for a long time, I think up until WrestleMania, uh, what, 14? Was the highest? Yeah. Was the highest bought WrestleMania ever? Um, well, there's a so, there's a couple of proofs in that pudding, Justin. I, I some of them not to interrupt you, but number one is you got to have a heel. That's number one. People people right. need to be captivated by that. And two, you gotta you gotta have some work talent. I'm not saying that Hogan can't work, but Warrior definitely can't work. And you know, you saw Macho running that match in five, and you saw uh, even that storyline was a I, year I long. Jess, this storyline was less. 
no, I so disagree with you because the buy rate is a reflection off the buildup to the pay-per-view. You don't know how the match is going to be good or bad until you get to the pay-per-view. Just mm-hmm. like Steamboat and Savage, Andre and Hulk drew that house for Mania 3, but Savage and Steamboat sold the show because yeah. nobody ever knew that that match was going to steal the show until they were there live witnessing it. And the buy rate, the people already bought the pay-per-view before Savage and Steamboat even got That's in the ring. Your point. So same thing, like it it was the buildup. It People like Warrior was super over, no question. Hulk was yeah. Hulk, but you need a heel. I mean, and you Russell, agree with that, and right? was we, we can look back now and see this at the time you didn't know it, but you look back now and look back at that time period. Wrestling was starting to cool off because it was, I mean, it was such a hot and heavy thing in the in the rock and wrestling era. And Hulk was hot all the way up until like 88, 89. He started to kind of come down a little bit. So I think Vince really like like was starting to lose his grip a little bit. It was still mainstream. It's still a household, you know, product, yeah. but at the same time, like it was wrestling started to cool off. And then, so Vince was right. And he was wrong. He was right in that face versus face never really works. Yeah. He was wrong in the sense that Pat Patterson and Hulk and warrior absolutely delivered. And that's credit to warrior and Hulk. I don't care what anybody says about either one of their work. Sure. Like in all honesty, even as a non warrior fan, that warrior they, absolutely held his end of the bargain on that. They, they cooperated very well. They did what they did exactly what needed to be done. They listened. They practiced. They and they pulled it off. So the they interest did. for some odd reason, I don't know why, just didn't it didn't materialize. And it was down quite a bit from Mania Five. And and to this day, it's a controversy. They don't know if it's because because WWE went in full fledged pay per view at that point. If that just because it was spread out, buy rates dipped automatically because so many other people were able to get the pay per views that never got it. Maybe they didn't. Maybe the fucking Cable company didn't process their fucking payment for 14 days. I don't know. Uh, but hey, I, mean, like, it, be. I don't know what you know happened at that point because really by 90, it, the pay-per-view became more common and people could get it more. And so nobody knows if the, it dipped like that. But the interest was it was kind of down, like not kind of a lot down yeah. from WrestleMania 5. So, again, I, the, the, the industry was changing. The the way you watch wrestling on pay-per-view was changing. So I, I'd say chalk it up to that because, I mean, the, 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 there's no way the fan base wasn't majorly into Hulk versus Warrior. There's no way. And I and I think you're I think you're onto something, Justin. I think it's why there's a change later. We're gonna get to it in just a second because, um, you know, after that match, that was great. Pass the torch. You know, he briefly holds both titles, right? He vacates the IC title. It's later won by who? Uh, it was, I believe, if I'm thinking right, it was the Red Rooster. Oh, you stupid! Red Rooster, Dave. Huh? No. Huh? no. No. Oh, Mr. Perfect, then. Mr. Perfect, was like, Mr. Perfect, there you go. Mr. Perfect. I thought it would be the Red Rooster. Yeah. What's crazy about this whole title run, and maybe it's because of the buy rates that Jess is talking about, is you would think that the Warriors can hold the thing for a long time. You know, Hogan's no more than a year before he drops one. He's held titles for four years at that point. Uh, Warrior really holds his title for less than a year, and he had some matches where he defended it. But the only real notable defense he had, in my opinion, was against Rick Rude. He did defeat people, but a lot of things were tag matches too, and other items where he really didn't have to defend it. And and then all of a sudden, you know, he he gets that great match against Rude, 
where where he where he beats him, and that that's great. He pull he pulls it over, but then at Rumble, which is to- a total surprise to me at yeah. the time, he's wrestling fucking Sergeant Slaughter, and he gets beat and once again. It's it's a it's a heel victory. Don't get me wrong, but I was like, why why are you pulling this off of him? We didn't know this when we were kids. I'm glad you brought this up because yeah. um, this was double sabotage on both companies' part. Yeah, um, because it's funny how Sting and the Warrior are connected. And because they were the Blade Runners and Sting beat. Uh, uh, well, actually, let me go back further. Warrior beat Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania, which was April 1st of 1990. Sting beat um, Ric Flair Ooh. for the NWA championship in Great American Bash, which was July of 1990. So a little after because Sting blew his ACL out. Sting was actually supposed to beat Flair in February of 1990. But because he blew his ACL out, they postponed it and they pushed it all the way to the Great American Bash. Both guys beat the biggest wrestlers of all time in their respective promotions. Flair being the greatest champion of all time. And, you know, a lot of people regarded him as the greatest wrestler ever at that point. Um, and then Hogan, obviously the biggest, you know, attraction oh, ever that had been. Yeah. And rocketed wrestling into mainstream wrestling. and was Vince's boy um, loses to warrior clean in the middle Flair, Same thing. gets pinned clean. Um, neither one of them had any challengers set up for them afterwards had any kind of momentum afterwards. It was all cut. Warrior, after he wins the title, was fucking put on house shows where he teamed with the Road Warriors and they fought exactly. all three members of Demolition, which, which again, you know, six-man yeah. face paint tag. Hello, party. Yeah. Oh, you're draw- <laughs> and you're drawing money, bro, without a doubt. Uh, kind of, kind of. Uh, but, I mean, it's not doing anything for the World Championship. It's not doing anything yeah. for the Warriors. Agreed. He just beat... So, so what do you do... What's your effort after Sting beats the great, arguably the greatest wrestler to ever live, and the Warrior beats arguably the most famous wrestler and the most household name and the biggest wrestler box office wise that ever lived? What Where would your you plan be? You got to fucking fucking hit the pavement, start giving him good fresh new challengers, um, having him defend those titles and fucking be fighting champions. But no, like Sting, same thing. They fucking did. They put Sting in there with Sid Vicious at fucking Halloween Havoc, and then right after, and that was a hokey finish where there was a twin Sting, and then they fucking bought on the black scorpion bullshit and uh, that weight that watered stings rain down and fucked him up and the same thing with the warrior like the warrior like i, I can't believe i'm fucking actually defending the warrior at this point like he had no they didn't do anything for him Just he had no challenge the, the only fresh guy earthquake they fucking fed to hulk that, yeah. because he put hulk out you know he sat on hulk's chest and yeah. Hulk went out yeah. and filmed the movie um, and then, uh, and then Hulk comes back and faces Earthquake at SummerSlam with all the fucking heat and all the the drama, you know. Yeah. And Warrior faces Rick Rude, a guy who he's beaten many times before. So I mean, like they did not set the Warrior up for success at all. Just as NWA did not set, or WCW didn't set Sting up for success at all. I, I'll never get it. So look, I you will never fucking hear me. I want all this edited out because I'll never fucking nope. defend oh, the Warrior. No, nope, because you're about to tell us saying it, bro. But uh. <laughs> Are you telling me the buttons broke? The the stop buttons broke. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But but like how how are you supposed to get the two people to beat the two greatest wrestlers ever, ever? How the fuck are you supposed to get them over by putting them in tag matches or fucking hokey twin sting matches or black scorpion bullshit and or giving the the hottest fucking heel earthquake that you have feed him to Hulk? Which again. I, you can you can well, say what you want about Hulk and and you know he fucking politicked and he came back and he's like I want fucking earthquake because I can big boot leg drop him even though he didn't actually brother. beat or he didn't pee an earthquake yeah. clean. they kept earthquake hot but okay so that's fine so Hulk comes back at SummerSlam ninety and fucking beats the area you know barely beats the earthquake by count out 
fucking feed Earthquake to the Warrior at that point. Like, build your champion. Never fucking happened. Yeah. So it was a conflict. It really was. When Hulk came back, Hulk was Vince's baby, but the Warrior was his new baby. So, but, but Vince didn't do any favors when Hulk was gone. So if people want to accuse Hulk of shitting on the Warrior and politicking, I, I won't disagree with that. But Hulk was gone for four months, three, three and a half months, somewhere like that. And yeah. Vince didn't do jack shit for him. Vince put Warrior, like I said, in those six man, those hokey six man tag matches and didn't do yeah. it. Had to beat Mr. Perfect on house shows, someone who he'd beaten before. Um, had him face yeah. DiBiase and tours of Japan and stuff. Someone who he'd beaten before uh, or sure. who, who Hulk had handily beaten before. And like, you know, it, nobody posed a threat to the warrior at all. There was no drama in the warrior beating anybody. So they fast forward to fucking Royal Rumble 91 slaughters yep. this Iraqi sympathizer. They set the table for Hulk to come back and, and it blew up in their face, by the way. Um, and warrior gets the title taken off him and he gets put in a, a, a great actually feud with Randy Savage. Mont- so I'll yeah. Yeah, we're going we're to talk about I all wanted that. to say that because both fucking guys that were the blade well, runners, it's, it's ironic how they were split it, and, but, the, but they were the same in, in the yeah, opposite. They're linear, right? Both their first title runs were absolutely shit. Well, on, and it didn't make any fucking sense. It didn't make any sense. It's kind of funny. It's like, uh, it's almost like, you know, uh, what did Stone Cold tell Dean Ambrose? Resting on your laurels. It's almost like Vince is like, we have this big plan. Hogan and Warrior are going to have a face-off at the Rumble, and then the ultimate matchup at WrestleMania, and then Warrior's going to win. And then, then what? Uh, <laughs> uh, that's it. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> you know, because imagine if they would have kept it on him and kept him going hot, and then when Undertaker debuted, that could have been like your big mega, you know, Warrior versus Taker. There's- yeah, there, there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. it was just it was like resting on the laurels and not planning ahead. Hulk wasn't there's a, dead. Hulk, there's Hulk a lot of what is here, right? Hulk Hulk wasn't dead yet, and no. so I understand you could have had the rematch he, with Hulk too, though. And he just no because the like literally the week after WrestleMania six, Jack Tunney made an announcement that we this was such an this match was of uh, such epic proportions that we will never have a rematch. He legitly announced that, which could have been which could have been heat to build for them actually yeah. to finally overrule that. That's what I'm saying though. Rematch. But I mean, like they they totally shit on it. This the week after Jack Tunney was like, because of the magnitude of this match, they will never fucking rematch again. That was that was a really telling statement because they could have gone either way. They could have shit on it like they did and did nothing with it, or that could have been like, oh, because Jack Tunney said they're never doing it again, they're totally gonna do it again. Like yeah. you know. It's funny, they went to the L.A. Coliseum where their original inkling for WrestleMania 7 was the L.A. Coliseum. Warrior versus Hulk rematch is probably the only thing at the time that would have even attempted to draw 90,000 or 100,000. Yeah, for sure. But they fucking, they take it off the Warrior and they put it on Slaughter, who was fat and old. And I'm sorry, I'm not being rude. He was way past his prime. But they thought thought the uh, uh, Iraq War uh, would, or uh, the, uh, um, uh, yeah. We in Saudi? No, we were in Saudi Arabia, right? Well, no, it was the Iraq War. war. They, they yeah. Gulf War. They attacked Saudi Arabia. Bro. They were in yeah. Kuwait, right? Or they, the whole thing? Sorry, yeah, they, they attacked Kuwait. I'm sorry, they attacked yeah. Kuwait, but it was no, it was, no, it was the Iraqi War. I've, I've had a few beers. So, um, <laughs> so yes, when that happened, like, so the whole thing was like to get so much heat on slaughter because. But here's the problem with that, and I I know we're getting off the warrior, but but Vince has done such a good idea, or did such a good job, I should say from 84 on of making Hulk the real American. That was his goddamn theme song and carrying the flag down there. We forgot that Sergeant Slaughter was a really big baby face that defended America 
in the early 80s, like 80, yeah. 79, 80, he was a heel at first. But then Slaughter became a face and faced Iron Sheik and had a famous boot camp match with him and, and all that stuff. And Slaughter was, you know, fucking on G.I. Joe, for God's sake. Like, he was the American hero. But Vince is so amazing because amazing or a shithead, whatever you want to say, when he took the company over, he erased everything. Andre was never beaten. Andre was never slammed, right? So he did everything so good to erase everything to make Hulk the fucking man, the realest American you could have, the fucking biggest superhero you could have, and all that stuff. And then so he brings Slaughter back and makes Slaughter an Iraqi sympathizer, thinking that people are going to remember the very history that he fucking worked for the last six years to fucking erase. So you get fucking Slaughter, who's fat and out of shape at this point, who can't perform very well, and then Vince is playing off his old, remember he was an American hero? No, not really, dickhead, because you fucking worked your ass off during the Hulk era to erase everybody. We are only to know that Hulk Hogan is Jesus Christ when it comes to professional wrestling because you fucking burned that into our brains. And now you're bringing this guy in. You're supposed to turn him heel and have it be a big deal because of history that you erased. Does that make any sense? Yeah. So he comes in and he beats the warrior. So they shit on the warrior front even more like by having him beat him. And then uh, thank God he was at least put in there with a talent guy like Randy. Um, That's the only great thing. And then, and then the whole thing flopped. They had to move the event to Sports Arena, the LA Sports Arena, which only held like 17,000 people, 18,000 people. And they claim, oh, it's because the Iraq War or whatever. Uh, we Security reasons. We couldn't have it in an outdoor venue at the LA Coliseum because we were afraid of terrorist attacks. Okay, cool. Because, yeah, a roof is going to stop a terrorist attack, right? And there's no way a bomb or a plane being driven into a building will fucking penetrate a roof, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, <laughs> And it's just maybe it's a smaller arena, it's a smaller target, maybe. I don't know. Fucking ridiculous. Like nah, the whole the fact thing, is, bro, they didn't sell the, the tickets. Why they didn't go to the LA Sports Arena or the the Coliseum was because they literally only sold like twenty thousand seats, which in a ninety thousand seat arena would look fucking embarrassing. So with Hulk and Slaughter as the main event in an Iraq war that got hot in Survivor Series uh, that time when they turned Slaughter heel and and sure. 1990- but when Hulk won the Royal Rumble in nineteen ninety one. Uh, I think that night or the next day, the U.S. declared victory. So they had this. Yeah, it was over. It was over. So it was just dead storyline all the way until WrestleMania. So they fucking sacrificed the Warriors run, the Warrior beating Hulk, that all that momentum. They sacrificed it for that shit that didn't end up working. That yeah. ended and ended three, four months before Mania even took place. Yeah. Un- it- I know it took me a long time to get to that point, but unfucking believable. Like you know, that they- it was literally a war of. It wasn't even a war of days. It was a war of it was, hours. It was like, period. Yeah. So yeah, and you know, to that, you know, just to just to track it back a little bit, um, we knew what was going on. Obviously, we get a heel uh, victory with Warrior getting beat by. Slaughter after Macho King just lays in a scepter right to the Ultimate Warriors freaking uh, right to, right between the eyes, bro. Like you gotta love Macho Man when he lays it in, he lays it in the the title belt on Hogan in the back. You know, Savage ain't gonna hold back, and he just he pummeled him with that thing. I was like, oh my god! Right now, I remember being pissed. I remember being and, pissed at that too and as from, a kid. And, and from there, yeah, and, and you, so you even as a kid, you're wondering like, I was what? mad. 
Why? Why is he? Why is he going under Savage? I know Savage did that, but he should go back for the title. You were not but Warrior it, fans. I don't. I'm not including Dave in this because I, I can't yeah. remember what Dave did. But I know me, uh, me, Craig, and Joe fucking stood up and cheered because we loved it. <laughs> oh, did you really? Oh, God. Yeah, we loved <laughs> the Warrior. I hated the Warrior because he beat Hogan. So yeah, I mean, love slaughter pinning him. But it was I mean, great. Like honestly, it was a shit storyline. Like I just explained, and like it was sure. just it was. Just, and most people sat, didn't feel that way. Run from the start. They did. They really did. Yeah. So, anywho, we, we get a nice little feud with uh, Macho King, who it is it is a great feud. It's probably one of those underrated uh, moments, or is it an underrated feud? No, ty, ty, let me stop you right there. This is probably the Warriors' best work. Period. The great, end of yeah. story. Well, you agreed. You can't say it, you can't say it like that. Yeah. It's not the Warriors' greatest work. It's great work because of somebody else. Well, I mean, that's not, yeah, but it is true. Warrior. Well, true. What? You, are you are you trying to you trying to tell me that Macho didn't cover that whole thing himself and and I'm walk him through that? that the Warrior physically didn't do what he needed to do and make that match great. As no, well as I, I'm not I'm not saying that I'm not saying that Warrior couldn't hit a spot and couldn't but do what Warrior's he's told, career, but somebody had to tell stuff. him. You got to understand too. It, 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 let me explain myself. That's all I expect from him, and I don't mean that to be rude at all. Like I'm not. Yeah. You can't compare him to Savage. You can't compare him to. I, why the fuck am I defending the Ultimate Warrior? What the I don't fuck know. is that? You the greatest episode of all time. <laughs> can't defend. He's overrated. Um, you can't defend him against nope. like Savage. You, you, yeah. Savage is Savage. <laughs> Hulk is Hulk. Like Flair is Flair. Uh, you know those guys. The Warrior's not on their level. I mean, just, he's just not. But like it. It, I think I, I think Dave. Before I interrupted you, you were going to get into this, but mm-hmm. you know, Savage had an inkling for wanting to walk people through his matches. So, like for example, when he when he wrestled Steamboat, he, he he invited Steamboat to his house, and they scripted and wrote out their match, you know, spot by spot. You're and talking every he, not, not just spot by spot, but like every pin, every yeah. every hold, every yeah, match. Man was just into that, you know. Whereas Flair always bragged about, oh, we called it in the ring, we called it on the fly. Savage was like, dude. Savage knew where he was, right? He's on the biggest fucking stage in the world. You could it, WWF was the shit, right? They were the biggest yeah. show. I can care less what a hardcore wrestling fan said. They just were. They had more eyeballs on them. They were the household brand, like all that stuff. So Savage knew where he was, and Savage was like, "I'm, we're, I'm planning the shit out step by step." So again, he invited the Warrior to his house, and they fucking mapped out and wrote out. And the Warrior liked it that way, and they they mapped out their WrestleMania seven match to a T, to a T, and it was a great match. Yeah. And 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 they were it was a good match, but why take the title off of uh, off of Warrior back at Rumble? What are we going back to? We talked about we're going back to Hogan at WrestleMania Seven, and that's why it happened. And that's just the way it goes. And Warrior moves on to that Savage feud. And like you said, some of his best work ever. And, and I think in hindsight that's good, but in in uh, in the moment, I think a lot of fans were like, "What the fuck? Why did they pull that off of him? Why why is he not the champion anymore? This is bullshit. Why didn't he get another shot? He like honestly never got a chance to rematch. You know that." Yeah, but but to, to give credit to the Mania Seven match too, like there there's so and obviously there was a you know I I don't know I I'm, I'm assuming Pat Patterson helped them with this match I'm just guessing but uh, you know Macho Man and Warrior laid it out and they had it all booked out everything they did in that match it stole the show without saying and um and it was a retirement match it was career versus career whoever yeah. lost had to re- um Macho Man I, I think Dave said earlier at this point or maybe Dave and I were talking off no we were talking about it earlier yeah. Uh, yeah, it was like Savage was actually, you know, he was still married to Elizabeth, you know, yeah. in real life. And uh, even Elizabeth has been off TV for months. And um, we'll get to that. And then, uh, uh, but they wanted to have a child or try to have a child. Sure. So Macho Man wanted to be off the road. He wanted to, to I mean, Macho Man had been running hard since 85 when he got brought in. 
And yeah. so he just wanted, he was tired. He wanted a break. And this is 1991, you know, it's, so that's a long, long run. And so he just wanted to take a break and have a baby with Elizabeth and all that stuff. And that was his big deal. And honestly, I mean, the, the rumor has it is that he really wanted Macho Man was always very self-conscious about his, his look, his muscles and his body. And so uh, it was why he wears like a shirt later or actually during this time during the, he wearing yeah. a shirt. Because he was getting off roids, a lot of people said, and this is just hearsay, and or growth hormones, whatever he was doing, because that would affect his sperm count, and he couldn't get it pregnant. I know that I'm not making a joke. That's legitly what he wanted to do. So that's why Macho Man wanted to get off the air and all that stuff. So he started long before that to get off the roids and get cycle off. So he started wearing a shirt as the Macho King because he, he was very self-conscious about his body. Yeah. So uh, he wanted to get off that stuff and increase his sperm count and increase the chances of them getting pregnant. Obviously, they never did. But that was that was the, the thing backstage. Uh, I, I It could be bullshit rumor, but that well, was a thing. You know? there's, there's, a whole thing yeah, there's a whole thing about Macho Man in this time frame where there's just a lot of different opinions where, you know, yeah, he, wa- he wanted to have a baby. They wanted, I'm sorry, they wanted to have a baby him and elizabeth uh pronouns pal right and he gets off the air and then there's the struggle of him wanting to be back on tv and wrestling and you know he's supposed to be doing that announcing work and eventually it leads to him actually leaving the wwf which is just crazy years later and i just find that phenomenal that one they would keep somebody like that on the shelf why would they do that if it wasn't his suggestion i think macho which is very torn at yeah. this moment and didn't know what he wanted and didn't know how he wanted it. And and, and not to, and then to get back to the actual match, like sure. they, they this match really good. The warrior, what do we say? How, how did he come to the ring? Oh, he's running. He's running. WrestleMania seven. He didn't, he actually walked. And he walked, <laughs> you know, he walked, he walked down to the ring yeah. and he stared at Savage because they, they both laid it they out to where it. it's like, this is our careers, right? Like this is our fucking careers. Like, this is a big they deal. Built, they built this fucking intensity up for this match. And the warrior, when his music hit, Savage came down, you know, and was carried down on the fucking th- throne yes. and yeah. all that stuff. And then, and then when the warrior's music hit, people were like, oh, he's going to rock it out. Yeah. And he comes out, he comes out walking and staring and he just pointed and he walked all the way down to the ring. And even Gorilla Monsoon's like, he's or Bobby Heenan, I think might've said it. Uh, he's walking. He's not running. What's wrong with him? And he was just like, you know, looking and he t- totally took it serious and everything. And I think that added such a levity. That's to this just match. great. Yeah. And, uh, a different level. And again, people who want to say, I flare and steamboat, you're never going to dispute how great technically that match was but like theater wise and storyline wise this again this is why wwf was the goddamn best like their production value was so fucking out of this world where the details would just be like you're gonna walk down and it could have been a savage or warrior suggestion it could have been warrior saying i'm gonna walk down this is fucking dead serious i'm walking down and like it's such a an amazing attention to detail that so many people when you want to fight WWF and say, oh, bullshit. They were cartoon. Uh, fuck you. They were making like like actual story boxes and brackets for you to follow, and like it made total sense. So that was that match. It was full of little shit like that. Of course, the ending was Savage and Elizabeth reuniting, which uh, I don't sure. want to cover in detail now because no. we're talking about the Warrior. But but I mean, the Warrior beats him and pins him. I dispute the ending of this match. If I may fast forward, because nowadays. A good match, and I'm doing air quotes, or a five-star match, and I'm drawing stars in the air right now, <laughs> um, is based off, you know, 950 false finishes and yeah, everybody 5, suicide out, dies everybody and... kicking out of everybody's signature and finishing moves or whatever. So they, they led up to that in this match. They had a couple false finishes. The Warrior did the press and the splash, and Savage kicked out, which was crazy. The place went nuts. If you go back and watch WrestleMania 7, oh, yeah. the fucking place went nuts when Savage kicked out. Again, 
to show you more that he's more than a heel. This is for their career. He kicked out. You still saw like fucking Savage is still Savage. He's still that guy that we loved, you know, like he'd been eaten up by the heel lust and rage, you know, since Hulk Hogan WrestleMania five. So he just, you know, was kind of, you were reminded that God, he's still really good. And then, uh, the warrior kicked out of the elbow drop. Yeah. Which is okay. Hulk okay. did that WrestleMania five, right? Sure. Hulk did yeah. that. Okay, okay, that's fine. Warrior, well, let's say Warrior's on par with Hulk as far as storylines concerned. Yeah, character. Yeah. Okay, Warrior kicked out of five fucking elbows, and then oh, ended yeah. up beating Savage with a boot to the chest. Yeah. I fucking dispute that. That if you look at that, that was so far ahead of its time, and I don't mean that in a good way because usually that phrase is used in a good way. Yeah. Kick, five elbow drops, really? Yeah. No, really? yeah, that was a little too much. Why do you have to do that? Like, why? Like, I get it. I get they. I don't even mind. Like, uh, Bruce Pritchard, I think, talked on his podcast about the the pin, the boot to the chest where Warrior beat him. He just put his boot on his chest. He didn't cover him. He just stuck his boot on his chest while he was standing and put his arms in the air. Sure. And um, and Bruce was like, so many people in the back were pissed. I don't even dispute that. I thought that was a beautiful ending. He, I yeah, do it just adds to it. dispute the five elbow drops is absolute. Yeah, yeah that's like, not necessary. But look at because look at where wrestling is now. Nobody respects anybody's finisher. They kick out a hundred times. It yeah. took Brock five F fives to beat so and so or whoever. And it's just like you know, like come on, man. Like I was so mad as a fan back here because I still didn't like the Warrior, and I I was a huge Savage fan as well. And I was so pissed off that like I'm a five elbow drop even as a kid. You know, and like, I think I was, uh, this is 91, so I was probably like a freshman or almost a freshman. And I was just like, really? Five elbow drops? Really? Like, you had to really shit on Savage? Obviously, they had planned it. I get it. Savage was in on the Savage agreed to it. But at the same time, it's like, God damn it. Like, why? Why? So mm-hmm. I, there's no point to my my madness right here. I just I dispute the ending. I hated it. Well, you, you know what's interesting about this whole thing when we're talking? <laughs> I just, the kick out of the five elbow drops. No, I feel, I feel you. I feel you on that. When we're talking about this, I don't want to get too far off the rails, but I was just I was thinking about all the matches that we talked about at major moments. It's still the show. Um, Macho was in like ninety percent of them in this seven eight year run. I mean, you start you start talking about WrestleMania three, right? Who stole the show? Savage and Steamboat. You talk about one of the greatest WrestleMania matches and storylines and in, in history. WrestleMania five is oh, Savage God, and, and Hogan, right? Then you start jumping into um, WrestleMania seven. You know, we take a little we take a little jump where he they totally steal the show with someone as inferior, in my opinion, as the Warrior when it comes to match work. Savage steals yeah. the show again. Then you fast forward to uh, oh, how about WrestleMania? Um, oh shit, WrestleMania eight. Yeah. Uh, Fucking macho versus flair, right? Do I have that yeah. right? And um, totally, you know, works the leg and such a storyline. You, oh man, macho's done. That, that ankle's got to be broke, and he beats Ric Flair. It's fucking phenomenal. And you know, that was the kind of stuff that would get you jumping out of your seat. I can't believe he fucking beat Ric Flair. Shows you like, how great macho is, man. He's dude. He's so. I don't even. I don't want to call him underrated, bro. But I don't think he gets his due. I just. People forget about that guy. Anybody who forgets about that guy, it's 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 just ridiculous. And I know there's not, there's not many that do, but nobody should forget about that guy. He's he's one of the best, man. And he he could tell a story better than God, ninety nine percent of them. What a match! What a match! She's here to rub it in. Another spear by the warrior. You know, Monsoon, 
There can't be a winner. Whoever stays, stays. Whoever leaves, leaves. But the call of this man. Look at this. It's over. Oh, my God, no. Yeah, we actually have Macho taking that retirement, going off into the sunset, doing some announcing work going on, right? Then we... You think we'd get Warrior back into a title picture, but that doesn't happen. We actually get um, what I thought was a until obviously you know eventually the bell has to ring and you could talk about how good or bad that was. But we're off into that Jake Roberts and Undertaker <clears throat> storyline, which I have to tell you, watching watching the Warrior being scared of something was a totally return i thought they really committed to the storyline i really enjoyed the storyline and because as a kid i was i was legitimately scared for warrior because i was i mean i think i was still a warrior fan at this point i'm not going to deny that um and watching warrior go through the stuff with jake and then an undertaker jess can you can you talk about that briefly and talk about that storyline because i i loved it when they had them on um had those had those uh brother love episodes and other items where jake's art was it even brother love i think it was just um well, the, the, the whole pit, thing right? was the the Undertaker was a thing at this point, and so actually the Undertaker and Warrior were feuding. Yeah. So Jake Jake was a face and stepped in at this point and said, you know, I'll Warrior, let I'll me show you. you. You know, I'm a snake. I'll show you this the dark side and all that stuff or whatever. You want to beat the Undertaker? Listen to me. So again, Jake was a face for years up until this point. Mm-hmm. So um, so people believed it, and he was doing little vignettes where. I, this is where professional wrestling and I start to differ with each other. Um, they did the, these really kind of stupid corny vignettes of him taking the warrior through like different tests and all that stuff. And the last one was the warrior locked in a room with the King Cobra and then the Cobra bit the warrior. But what I really hate, and this is more of a production note, it's they did the camera from the point of view of the warrior and the snake biting him and Jake I looking hate at him that shit stuff. so much. And I fucking hate that shit. That's when uh, we're making movies, pal. That's where that steps in. Yeah. And I hate that shit. That's what, when I always say wrestling should go back to the emulation of a sporting event, I mean cut shit like that out. Yes. That, yeah. All together. Business. Uh, same thing when, uh, when, uh, uh, again, side note: When Foley beat uh, Rock in that empty arena match, and they lowered the fo- the pallet on the forklift down, they did the camera point of view from the pallet lowering down on the Rock. Yeah, and I did not like, like that. Which I means you know, you know like, that move is coming. Yeah. Like, like, why do you have to fucking do it? That takes me out of more. That takes me out of the the storyline and the suspending disbelief more than anything. When you do a shit camera yep. angle where it shouldn't be, you know. Like when uh, you know Braun would tip a truck over. There's 19 camera angles cutting. I hate around. that shit too. So yeah, God all of a sudden the camera crew happened to be around that truck because they knew Braun was going to tip it over. Like it's just come on, like come on, like so. I dislike these vignettes. I know Dave, you you remember them, and that's fine. Yeah. And a lot of people do remember these I vignettes, do too, but yeah. I hated, I hated I hate them, them, and I thought they were terrible, and I thought they would just do odd, ridiculous like camera angles, and like I I hated them. It it, it showed me that Vince was. This is what I always wanted. It's kind of like when uh, George Lucas remade Star Wars. I, I, you know, we didn't have CGI back in the seventies and eighties. So now I have CGI and I'm going to redo it. And this is my actual vision. This is what I wanted everything to be back in the seventies and eighties. And it was shit. And, uh, and this is what I feel. Vince was finally like, this is what I always wanted WWE to be or WWF to be back in 84. And you shouldn't have wanted this because it's fucking crap. Yeah, and so I, this is what I feel that where Vince was starting to go off the rails mainly because you not just these vignettes, but he's feeding with the warrior or if, sorry, excuse me, warrior is feeding with undertaker. And then they put him in the feed with Jake, but already he's being programmed for the main event of SummerSlam to be tag teaming with Hulk Hogan to face the triangle of terror, which is like slaughter 
Iron Sheik and General Adnan. And like, there's too much bullshit going on. It's one thing to start shooting angles on a pay-per-view to set them up for their feuds afterwards. That's fine. That happens all the time. But they start, Vince started just fucking doing 1900 things at once. And, and now we're going to get into the, the warrior leaving and all that stuff and getting fired for the first time or suspended. And it's just a weird, it started with weird booking that didn't make sense, which it started with the Jake shit. Yeah, and I, you know, and I can't recall. Just you can you can edit this out. Uh, my question, but they, did they even end up facing off? Did they did, did Warrior end up taking out Jake? <laughs> I, I can't remember. I think on how I know Undertaker and Warrior did in in uh, uh, body bag matches. Yeah, but, but nothing I, nothing I televised, I right? Know if him and Jake ever did. I they don't didn't. think anything ever came of it. I think what yeah. happened was here's what happened. Like here's the controversy. I'm gonna dive right into. Sure. It. Yeah, because that, that's that is what's next on my on my notes too. The Warrior held Vince up for more money right before the pay-per-view. That is true and that is untrue. What actually ended up happening was about a month before, the Warrior wrote Vince a letter yep. that said, um, I'm disappointed with my payoff from WrestleMania 7. I felt I should be paid more. I should be on par with Hulk and everybody else. And I'm not. I know I'm not. I don't even get the same merchandising deals that Hulk does. So I feel that I should get paid more. If you want me to perform at SummerSlam, you will pay me accordingly. You will pay me on par with Hulk. And 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 again, the Warrior wrote a five page letter, five page letter that, in Vince's defense, I'm sure was like the writings of a maniac because the Warrior wasn't I'm again sure. Warrior. Yeah. Warrior wasn't really stable. And so, so Vince, you know, wrote a letter back, and this was a month before SummerSlam. So yeah. he did hold him up. So Vince said in the letter back, "Yes, I will do it. I will pay you whatever." Um, but I feel that you think you're a legend in your own mind, that you're bigger than you really think you are. Hulk is the household name. Hulk is the guy. And and he's always been my guy. You are my guy, too. But, like, you're not bigger than the company. You're not bigger than whatever. So that was the back and forth they well, had. The, the money so, speaks for itself, right? The, the sellers of the shows, the, uh, the buy rates, everything tells you that Hogan's still the guy to this moment. I mean – you yeah. can see it, you can see and it tapering off during the Warriors run because they booked him like shit. And I will defend him that yeah. his return receipts were not very big. So not as big as Hulk's. Yes. So but wrestling itself, if you look back now, it did start to decline in 90, 91, 92, yeah. obviously when I hit the wall. So it was happening no matter what. But but at the time, you know, everyone's still riding that wave of fucking, you know, we're fucking stars. You know, we should be paid accordingly. So I don't disagree with the Warrior wanting that. But let's kill the 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 rumor right here. He right before you know SummerSlam '91, he didn't walk up to Vince going, "Hey Vince, uh, I'm holding up for this amount of money unless you pay me." And Vince said, "Sure." Yeah. And then he goes to the match and he comes back. What happened was is that the letters took place about a month before, sure. and uh, Vince said, "Sure." And then when Warrior got back to the back after Russell or after SummerSlam '91, uh, a road agent told him Vince wants to see you in his office. So he went to Vince's office, and Vince gave him a suspension notice and said, you're suspended without pay until further notice. And Warrior's like, this is crap. And he's like, I already paid you. I'm paying you what I agreed to pay you, but you're done. You're suspended right now without payment. So, okay. I mean, he paid him what he asked for in the letter. But yeah, going yeah. and then he suspended him without pay going forward. Yeah. So, so the Warrior, between that time when he left and came back at WrestleMania 8, was never fired. He was just on an indefinite suspension, which a lot of people didn't know that. And I didn't really yeah. know that until you start researching everything years after. So yeah. um, so and nobody really knew about the letter either. No. Even in the even in the self-destruction DVD that we'll get to, they talked about how like it's it's like the warriors stood him up that night and said, Hey, Vince, no. can you come here, you come here no. for a minute? 
I want this money or I'm not going out tonight. It, it didn't it's happen. like they confused the Jeff Jarrett story with the Ultimate yeah. Warrior story. Cause I'm not trying to act like I know everything. I researched it over the years. So, I mean, I didn't sure. know this at the either i believed everything i was told because that's what they told me so um so you know that's what happened so he so got what, what you're saying jess is when he came back in that 92 93 run he wouldn't he never really left right okay right yeah so yeah so when we get into that he actually does come back on tv and he's uh rescuing rescuing hogan of all people from the papa shango sid vicious uh you know monstrosity yeah and uh apparently what's that 1992 yeah, 1992 goes into 93. So he, was, he was on suspension, which we thought he was fired from August yeah. of 91 all the way through um, March. I think late, very late March of uh, no, maybe WrestleMania was like April 7th or some shit. So he's either late March or early April of 92 is when he came back. Exactly. exactly yeah. And uh, there's some writings here. I can't really confirm it, but they, they even said that he was able to get a little bit of creative control on his contract in the process. Yeah. I just looked at like that. That can't be good. <laughs> you know, for anybody. Um, for yeah, for most people, but especially Warrior, God, Jesus, um, and and I'll be I'll be very candid. I think he would have been a two time champion at this point coming in somewhere. He would have gotten the strap again if not for the steroid trial that nearly caved this promotion completely. Um, he was blowing tests left and right, and he was uh, experimenting with HGH trying to get off steroids. So, and I think Vince is like, this is just too much. I can't deal with it. I, you you got to go. And so, fighting with Vince, blowing all those tests led to. What I thought was the second leave of the company, but I guess technically it's the it's the first leave because he was never really. He never yeah, at the end the of ninety two, he was scheduled at Survivor Series of ninety two to team with Macho against uh, Flair and Ramon, and uh, uh, yeah, uh, and that's when it happened. He failed tests, and Vince started really cranking down because the steroid trial, I mean, the accusations were already out. It was being the government was starting to inve- investigate, and it would just started it started to get really heavy. <laughs> And yeah. so uh, Vince was just pretty much like, I got to test everybody. And so he tested the warrior. Uh, um, another guy that he tested was the bulldog. And um, and they both left because basically it was, you failed. You got to go. Yeah. So, um, and that's what happened. That's really what ended the warrior's first run as we speak of from 87 all the way through to late 92. Late, that's really what happened. Late 92, early 93. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and he basically takes a four-year hiatus, that semi-retired life. And then he gets another chance once again with with Vince and the WWF. But uh, guess what? <laughs> Warrior likes to fuck things up. And well, uh, I was there. I was there at WrestleMania 12 live uh-huh. at uh, Anaheim Pond, and I saw the Warriors comeback match against Triple H, where he beats him in 30 seconds. First of all, <laughs> the controversy started on that, where Vince wanted, uh, you know, he was trying to push Triple H, not not to the extent he didn't know he was going to push Triple H to the extent that happened. And Triple mm-hmm. H did not know he was going to push himself into Stephanie McMahon at this point. Um, but vagina, it all was going to happen later. Yeah, that, oh. I, obviously that was implied in the vagina. I mean, you don't have to be graphic. And then she <laughs> gave him oral sex. Anyway, so. Um, <laughs> With his nose. But, uh, oh, my oh, God. No. <laughs> David. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Drink this, David. Drink it. I'll read uh, so, my nose. <laughs> the throwback to old episodes, huh? That we that means yeah, we made catch them on our channel. Already available in the archives. Yeah. Oh God. Um, yeah, so so yeah. China. So I mean, so he comes back, and the whole thing was like Vince is like, look, you know, Triple H this is my there, or he was Hunter Hearst Hemsley. He's my heel. I want to kind of protect him a little bit. They have like a five or six minute match. You know, give him some offense, but you're gonna beat him. And Warrior was like, no, I'm gonna beat him in 30 seconds. That's who I am. 
And Vince was like, all right. So Vince backed out at that point. He's like, you do whatever the fuck you want, pal. And uh, so Vince, for the warrior, came to Triple H and said, that's what we're doing. And uh, I'm going to beat you in like 30 seconds. And that's just the way I am. It's my character. So, no, I, I don't want to give you your you're an unknown heel. That's not proving yourself. Why would I give you again? You know, creative control. And it's a problem. Um, but I mean, when you really think about it back here, was it, that wrong? It kind of makes was sense. That wrong? It made sense back. It then. was fucking, probably it was probably the right move. Yeah, I mean, Matt fuck's sake like i mean yeah come on, let him it's not for title or anything it's just a heel it's a heel smash. Them before mania some people probably bought wrestlemania 12 that wouldn't have bought mania 12 because warrior's gonna be there so sure. you don't have to fucking have a 30 minute classic just fucking beat him yeah yeah what could he really do was hunter hearst helmsley at this point who cares yeah there you go ah uh, but again once again What's warrior that? warrior just starts to miss show after show and guess what i mean i, I Vince, I think Vince is very proud of things like this, where, where, where he really feels like if someone misses a show, I want to give them something better than what was there. And I think the hardest part about that is it's hard to replace the caliber of the warrior, whether you want you like his talent. You think he's overrated or not. Vince, like, this is before this is right before the NWO broke. So, sure. I mean, so it wasn't like he was desperate at this point, but WCW had hired Hulk and Savage and a lot of old names, and they were trying to use older names to put, get their promotion, like, you know, good sponsorships and stuff like that. But they were bringing young people in, too, in 96, WCW was. And sure. they were, it, was, it, was a, it wasn't a war yet. Oh, no, it was a war. Sorry. Yeah, they were kind of in, they were in the infant stages of the Monday Night War because Nitro debuted in September of 95. So this is 1996. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, they were in kind of a war, and Vince was airing the Huckster and Nacho skits and all that stuff and yeah. Nacho Man and bullshit and so it was just it was getting a little like they were mentioning each other on each other's television which vince when he was number one you never mentioned anybody else especially yeah. number two and he started mentioning wcw so it was getting hot and heavy and he brought the warrior back to absolutely counter that and just flopped it failed because warrior wasn't he wasn't hulk and i i hate to directly compare him to him but like hulk's a game changer savage could even be a game changer if you want to talk about him a little bit mm-hmm. but like warrior which just here it's proving his point or my point that he's not a game changer. And I'm not, I defended the shit out of him when it came to savage match and, and the way his first title run was handled, which his first title run was botched. And, uh, and I'm totally all about that. You look at his IC title run that was handled perfect. And you look at his role title run, it was fucking shit on by the company. They didn't do anything to help him, but I'm, you know, again, people say what they want to say about Hulk. And 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 about he can't work and this and that or whatever and that's absolute horseshit because like you the warrior didn't know how to work and I'm gonna I'm sorry I'm just gonna say that I'm not I'm really that's true and, I, I, yeah and I'm really not trying to hammer on him you know you gotta you gotta lean on Vince and that machine right you know you gotta fucking trust him and you gotta do it and he was brought back and paid a lot of money and his warrior comics were pushed and his fucking warrior yeah, university I remember that, actually the warrior comics and all that yeah. crap and so Vince, warrior had total creative control so you have total creative control when you come back in 96 and you still fucking find a way to be unhappy and you still leave and you still fuck shit up i just yeah. don't i don't get it i don't get That's it exactly what he did oh. That's probably a mixture of a lot of stuff. He wanted to stay stuck in his old ways. You know, he, he sure. like you said, 100% creative control. And I'm sure, too, at the same time, Vince probably didn't want to. <laughs> he probably didn't well, want to chance that I'm again, sure too, you know. That, I'm sure, too, that the Warrior didn't really watch wrestling when he was away and didn't yeah. really understand wrestling declined quite a bit and while he was gone not because of that he was gone but just in general he, declined he wrestled for a lot of other smaller promotions yeah, right like changed, in between and it was a different kind of fan yeah. different kind of fan they wanted different things and you know i he really thought he could walk in like it was 1990 1991 and demand this and demand that and get it and he and he couldn't and i found out the hard way 
Yeah, it just wasn't the same. It's like, don't worry, don't worry, I'll scrape the bottom without you. You know what I mean? Like, I'll hit rock bottom without you. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So, so once once Warrior is told, like, hey, your your services are no longer required, we have a nice, brief little train wreck in WCW for basically only three matches that led Ugh, to a lot of confusion and, and no real payoff. I mean, again, like, and I'm not even going to hammer on the Warrior. Like, I just explained that I think the Warrior is uh, not chif- not sufficient enough when it comes to you know, managing himself and fucking understanding the flow of wrestling. And then he put him in fucking trash WCW at the time, uh, where they were on fire in 98. And that's when he came in there and the ratings warrior debuted on nitro. The ratings were fucking through the roof. And that's like, he faced off with Hulk. So the interest was there, but then you realize it's not 1990 anymore. It's eight years later. And, you know, basically Hulk brought him back in because he wanted to recoup the loss. Yeah. Yeah, That's what I was going to say. It's a, it's interesting. Hogan denied it. Bischoff denies it. That's not. Uh, it's, that's of course Hulk wanted that. We Hulk, all disagree. Hulk, yeah. Hulk knew that Vin, that that Bischoff had millions of dollars, and Warrior got a massive payday for the fucking four or five months that he was in WCW, a massive one, and uh, just so he could lose to Hulk. Hulk brought him back in because he wanted to avenge a loss from 1990. That's it. End of sure. the story. Anybody disagrees with me? Fuck. And, go fuck like well, that's uh, that's so what I have in my fan telling you that. That's what I have in my notes here. It was basically like Warrior and Hogan was described as one of the worst matches in pay-per-view history. But, hey, Hogan got his win back, right? Halloween Havoc 1998 was fucking awful. There were so many flubs. There were so many brutal spots. And like it was just awful. They weren't prepared. Both guys were so old at this point. They probably didn't plan much, if anything. They just thought they thought the whole... You know, I think they even did the the the, the double clothesline thing, right? Cuz and they did the whole fucking stupid test of thing. They pretended like it was 1990 again at the beginning of that match. And yeah, the crowd was dead silent. Like it was they just were just horrible. Like really- I remember being so excited when he first came to, it and then good. that happened. And yeah, it was good at first. I liked the buildup. Nuts and like it was not terrible, but and then the warrior came there and he wanted the uh one warrior nation, yeah. That uh, was hmm. you got the NWO, the LWO, the which was his religion, by the way, right? His one warrior nation that was his religion, (laughs) yeah, yeah. And so it was, oh, yeah, don't don't even get me started on that shit. And so it was always all bad, it was all bad, and it didn't work out. And fucking gets his win back, which didn't matter because it was probably one of the worst matches in, in modern wrestling history, and like it just uh, it was fucking terrible. It was all it was all bad. ago, six days ago, and he comes in, he was just watching, and he watched the warrior. You know, what a chance, I mean, I know, because he took his uh, Warrior Nation religion serious, but, God, I mean, what what a missed opportunity on that, right? I mean, what, couldn't he just, maybe maybe not in WCW, maybe maybe in the WWF run or have another run around that time, uh, being a cult fucking heel cult leader of his religion. God damn. I mean, maybe the possibility is going to see himself. No, I know that's what sucks. I think, no. And I think this is, I don't know if I want to talk about this at the end or now, like or it, we're pretty much to the end anyway. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I it's let been, me be honest. Well, like we got to go on the whole thing. Stuff, but. Shit on him. He was, he was on a different level. And I don't mean that on a higher level. And he was more intelligent than people. I don't mean that. And I'm not saying he's dumb either. I'm Creatively. saying, I don't mean that, you know, when I say higher level, you think that someone's on a higher level. Um, he, he just was in his own fucking world, wasn't he? Yeah. And yeah. it just it 
it's sad because he hated wrestling and I don't think he ever really wanted to be the, the, the wrestling backstage politics is so toxic. They, it really is. It has been for years and it still is now. He's right there though. And, and warrior. God, I just don't, it, I, I know. I think Davey should finish, you know, his career and it's short lived after this, you know, he fucking, well, basically yeah, get to the whole thing. And I, I honestly think he had, he had less than three or four matches after this, after WCW, just, you know, weird, you know, weird, uh, random or Jordan. And that, yeah. And sure. Italy, that was his yeah. last match in Italy. That was it. And then, you know, you got, you got a huge but then they had the, the, the big bomb was the, the destruction of the ultimate warrior DVD, yeah. which was during when warrior was trying to get the rights to his name, I believe. Cause yeah. Cause wrong and he was suing him he warrior was suing wwe for things just the rights to his name and this and that and so during that trial and during that whole run vince was like i'm gonna make a dvd and we're gonna call it the self-destruction of the ultimate warrior and we're gonna put out this dvd that shits on him knowing the people that kind of missed the warrior and remember the warrior from the early 90s and late 80s that would buy that dvd but then it's just fucking he shits on them and he has all these people like hulk bobby heenan gene okerlin eric bischoff anybody else you could think of just shitting on the warrior it was a complete hit job and uh yeah. and i'll spend the warrior on that and he did it because he was in the middle of a trial the warrior was suing the warrior ended up changing his name legally from jim helwig to the warrior the warrior's legal name ladies and gentlemen yep. was the warrior That's because right. he wanted to be able to keep some of those rights and appear in public speaking and all that stuff as the warrior so he didn't mm-hmm. want to lose that right to do that yeah and then you know obviously they get a nice kiss and makeup because they they want to get warrior into the hall of fame they want a main event um as, as a hall of fame video game right yeah they video. well yeah well that, that, i think that was kind of the kind of the push right Legends he, um, deal. He, he debuted that video game and he was just going nuts on the commercial and everybody loved it <sighs> and they, they they that's where they kind of started talking again and i think they they kissed and made up and you start to realize, okay, we'll put Warrior in a Legends contract. We'll do all this stuff. We'll we'll get him to help people in the back. And I think Warrior was probably you know changing his spots a little bit. He might he might have reverted back. We don't really know because unfortunately, um, he gets into the Hall of Fame. He has a great speech. Um, Justin and I were talking about this earlier. Um, not we're talking two days later. He uh, he rolls into the Raw Arena wherever it was. And he doesn't look good, in my opinion. No, he, yeah, he, he. You could tell something was wrong already. There was something wrong. Breathing yeah. heavy, and he looked winded. Talking up to wrestling, his hips going bad. He did tons of steroids and growth hormones. You know, I just thought for sure just he was getting old. Yeah, but I mean, I, I personally believe, and I could be playing it off in my head, like it, like it's bigger than it is. But from Saturday to Monday, he looked way better on Saturday. Just his face, his he, expressions, his. He looked really like he winded was, on Raw. Like he you was could tell. Winded, he, and he didn't run down or anything. He struggled. And um, and then all of a sudden, it is on a personal note. We're 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 chatting on. I can't remember if it was social media, Facebook, or just text. And all of a sudden, it was actually because he's like, "Dude, Warrior died," and I'm like, "Shut the fuck." It up. was yeah, it was Tuesday morning. It was the yeah. night after Raw. Exactly. And him, him and his wife, they got up in their hotel room. They had breakfast. They did whatever. They were actually walking out to their rental car. Yeah. And uh, he collapsed. collapsed. He collapsed when he was walking to his rental car. Yeah, and he grabbed his heart and went down. Yeah. Yeah. And that and that's kind of that's kind of the thing where where Cuz sends that out. I can't remember his text or, or social media, and I was like, "Get the fuck out of here!" Text. That was WrestleMania 30, right? What year was that? Yeah, WrestleMania 30, New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. and literally in and because like, no, I'm serious. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, he's like, I think he had a heart attack, and and uh, a lot of us, I think, were 
we were like, wow, after all that nostalgia and all that, that great speech at, at, uh, at Raw and, um, you know, all that. It's nice when you see the old guys make up. Like, Bret Hart was the same way. Oh, when, yeah, when for sure. Made up and you're like, oh, he's back and he's he's working with them again. You're going to see him back on, on DVDs and you'll see, you know, you saw him at the Hall of Fame last this, this year, which it was cool, you know. It's nice to see that stuff again. So you can, it was a good feel-good moment. And then then it just it totally just turns you this total 180 where he collapses and 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 dies uh, literally three days after the hall of fame speech well then you shut up boyer and let me do the talking (laughs) no wwe talent becomes a legend on their own Every man's heart one day beats its final beat. His lungs breathe their final breath. And if what that man did in his life makes the blood pulse through the body of others and makes them bleed deeper in something than larger than life, then his essence, his spirit, will be immortalized by the storytellers, by the loyalty, by the memory of those who honor him and make the running the man did live forever. You, 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 you are the legend makers of Ultimate Warrior. In the back, I see many potential legends, some of them with warrior spirits, and you will do the same for them. You will decide if they lived with the passion and intensity, so much so that you will tell your stories and you will make them legends as well. I am Ultimate Warrior. You are the Ultimate Warrior fans. And the spirit of Ultimate Warrior will run forever! The Ultimate Warrior! You know, I don't know if it's a combination of both. When you get older in life, you... You always hear the stories about, you know, like when you get older, you, you know, you cry at commercials, you know, for no reason. And everybody, everybody goes through changes, you know, when you get older, you go through midlife and shit like that. And you know, especially when you have kids, uh, your your view on life and politics and everything is so different before you have kids. And, uh, and then after you have kids, your life changes. You know, you kind of view things from their eyes. You know, you kind of realize that you have these fragile little things that are coming up and, and, you know, now things that I didn't care about before, I didn't have an opinion on before. I'm super opinionated about at this point. And, um, I don't know if it was me getting older at that point, because, you know, warrior passed away before I had my kids, but, um, you know, seeing him come back and, uh, give his hall of fame speech and get in the hall of fame. And then he died right after, I mean, literally like two, 48 hours after. Yep. Um, what a weird, what an odd thing. And I remember as a fan, I can only speak to you as Jess, the little blonde-headed kid that turned on Hulk and Bundy back in the day. And uh, um, saw. I'm talking as that guy. When I saw that and and the way he passed and all that stuff, I thought, you know, obviously it's shocking and and unfortunate that he passed. And he left behind his wife and two daughters. And um, I just, 
I just think that what an, what an ending, if you're going to end, you end on this weekend where he was brought back in and all these young guys, I'm sure approached him backstage and told them how much like he meant to them. And, uh, you know, I remember you as a kid and all that stuff and you beat Hogan and all this stuff. And I'm sure so many of the young guys that were there at WrestleMania 30, you know, approached him. So he got to, he got to feel all that. And in front of his wife and his daughters, he got to see, they got to see these guys come up to him, these grown men. Oh, I loved you, man. I loved you. They never, his wife, he married his wife and he had his daughters way after his wrestling career. Yes. And, um, and so they got to see that they got to see like this huge production, you know, he's in the fucking, uh, you know, uh, Saints, you know, dome, you know, uh, uh, the Superdome, brother. And uh, and you got to be in there in front of fucking 70,000 people. And they got to see him, you know, the night before in front of like probably 15,000 people in the Hall of Fame building. And uh, they got to, I mean, what a big deal, right? Like you fucking, you don't really know, you knew your father was famous, but you never really, you weren't alive to see it if you're his daughters and you didn't know him when you were his wife you know, at the time. And, uh, and to see all that, I mean, what a way that if you're going to go, God, like what a way to go. And then you go get to go out to raw and put your little, you know, the mask on that they were selling. Cause he wasn't going to paint his face. He put the mask on and did a promo in the warrior's voice and all that stuff. And then he passes and, and that's mm. awful. But at the same time, like, God, like if you're going to go, I, I don't know of any better way to go after a company that shit on you for a while. And I'm not saying it's justified or not justified. You know, they had a lot of, you know, intense, it's a business, right? It's a living, breathing monster, this wrestling business. And WWF in particular, WWE, whatever you want to say, in particular, is a living, breathing monster. And and it's gone public and all this stuff. And, you know, so many things have, have passed since the Warriors' time and, uh, you know, legal proceedings and everything. And it's like they make up and he comes back and he gets to say goodbye. He ended up saying goodbye on Raw. And yeah. the, when you listen to the speech, it was a goodbye speech. But he didn't know he was going to die, right? Maybe he did. Not as in, like, I know I'm going to die tomorrow. But you know what I mean? Like, sometimes they say people know. So when he went out there, and I'm sure Vince just said, go out there, warrior, and cut whatever promo you want to cut. Talk from your heart. And I'm sure he did. And I'm sure he went out there, and that was in his heart at the time. His Maybe his soul and his body knew he was dying. And, and that was it. And he got to say goodbye. And he got to say his wife and his kids got to see all those people say hi to him and you meant so much to me. And how amazing is that? You know, and uh, he got to say that and then he passed. So if you're going to pass, I don't know, man, me, is that the best way? Maybe it is. Maybe for him. Yeah. It's uh it's, <laughs> it's hard to say. I mean, it, it, I always, I always saw it as incredibly tragic, but you know, in, in that light, no, and I, I agree with that statement. Yeah, at, at least at, to your point, at least he got to see that for all it was worth, and um, got to see that he had impact, and and maybe it would have changed him. I don't know. That, I guess that's what I was looking to see. Would it have changed him? Would it have made him into somebody better, where he could have helped people with with their gimmick? I mean, obviously, he couldn't help with well, work. He we, was, we get that. Well, they signed him to a legends contract. Yeah, they were going to do that. Yeah. But would he would he would he have held up to it? I was hoping oh, that we'd well, see uh, that. Maybe we'd I never, know. I, I we'll think never, so. We'll point. never know. We'll never know. I think so. I, I think I, you know, and the 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 guy. And again, I, I'm speaking as the the blonde haired kid that turned on wrestling and fell in love with it. Uh, I was always against the Warriors so much, and I think when I saw that, even before he died, I remember watching his Hall of Fame speech, going, "You know what? It doesn't really matter what happened, does it? The fact is that you're here and you're saying goodbye, or not goodbye, but he was saying goodbye to his legacy in the sense of like." I've been gone for so long and so much shit's been talked about me, but I'm going to come out here and I'm just going to say, like, I, I live my life this way. Um, nobody could tell me different. And 
you know, I think maybe he was a little, he was a little off, you know, I think he was a little different uh, level of thinking than the rest of us. I'm kind of retarded. You know, this, uh, <laughs> no, but, um, but no, I just, uh, I just think that was a fitting ending. It was so amazing to watch that speech. And then when he passed, I was like, God, on Raw, he said goodbye. Isn't that weird? That was like, insane. Yeah. yeah. He said goodbye, and he didn't know he was going to say goodbye forever. Sure. And it was just so weird. So but before we get into the overrated shit, you know, like as a fan, I saw him on the Hall of Fame speech, and I thought it was a great speech, and I thought that True. he got he got to say whatever he wanted to, and he got he took the high road, and I think he said goodbye to the warrior character, even though his name was the warrior. It's a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> But he got to do it in front of his wife and daughter. And and in the long run, let's be honest, I know it sounds corny and maybe it's because I'm 42 and I have kids, but it, that's all that matters. Sure. Good stuff. And that's the um, that is the wrap up on the legacy of the Ultimate Warrior. As always, guys, you can reach us via Instagram at OWP2019, SoundCloud at Our Wrestling Podcast, YouTube at Our Wrestling Channel, or like we always talk about, download the app WrestlePost at no charge to you on Apple or Android and join us with other great podcasts of the day. That's us. That's the OWP signing off, guys. Peace. Hey everybody, this is Cuz with Our Wrestling Podcast. We did mention we were going to get into an overrated segment on The Warrior, but we decided to hold that off because it became its own segment. It's about a 30-minute segment or so, but uh, we decided to save that for a later episode. So, like we mentioned, check us out on YouTube, Our Wrestling Channel, where you can listen to all of our episodes that we've had so far. This will be episode number seven, so go ahead and listen to episodes one through six, and you can also find us on SoundCloud at Our Wrestling Podcast, where we have made those episodes available for download, and follow us on Instagram, OWP2019. Until next time, stick around. To speak your voice, you fought, I saw you fight over the years. I saw you fight back at all the anonymous ones who put forward all this the lies and the mischaracterizations. They tried to reprogram your minds, rewrite history about a wonderful, exciting, fun memory of the ultimate warrior. And you fought back and I'm here tonight because of you.